Welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even great movies get bad reviews. Uh, this week's episode uh, is a surprise. It's like a uh, chocolate from a box of chocolates. And if that's not mm. telling you a clue after you didn't read what you put, yeah, it's press true. play it's on. It's going to be on the title of the podcast. But <laughs> if there's just subscribed yeah, and you don't, and give they a don't shit. look and it just pops up because they love it, the podcast so much <laughs> that they yeah. wanted to save themselves a surprise. <laughs> Yes, so today's episode will be on Forrest Gump, John. Mm-hmm. The 1994... Blockbuster hit. Oh, yeah. so Classic. It is certainly a classic. So this actually fits both our criterias. This movie won six Oscars before mm-hmm. the Oscars were a uh, participation trophy assignment. Correct. So it won six, which was, which was picture, actor, director, adaptive screenplay, visual effects, and editing. Yeah, smoked out Pulp Fiction, which was the yeah, independent was... watershed of the year. Yes, but uh, there's other movies. I was, I was going to actually talk about this. Okay, um, but it also was the highest-grossing film in the world in 1994. Oh no, second highest, behind The Lion King. But it was the highest-grossing American film, so it outgrossed The Lion King in America. Forrest Gump. Ever? In, in 1994, it was, it was the all-time by that point. Not all time. I'm saying like in the year 1994. Oh, I see. I see. It was the highest grossing film in America. Correct. Correct. So this movie was gangbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The soundtrack sold 12 million copies. Wow. Okay. Which we'll talk about the soundtrack as well. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this movie was just huge. Um, Also, another thing, Tom Hanks won uh, the second of his best best actor Mm -hmm. back to back. There's only one other person who ever did who ever did that. Do you know who it is? Uh, Catherine Hepburn, actor. Male. Um, it wasn't Daniel Day Lewis, was it? No, no. There will be blood. And way back. Way back. Way back. Brando Streetcar. No, no, it's too far from. I don't know. I give up. Spencer Tracy in 37 and 38. Oh. For just, this is like the Academy, for movies that are not his most uh, well-known yeah. and his best. Yeah, was it Father of the Bride? Was no, one? no. Captain's Courageous. Don't know it. And Boys Town. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would never have get that, guessed that in a million and years. Tom Hanks won his for Forrest Gump in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yes. So... The Academy is very consistent in awarding actors Oscars for not their best work. Yes, correct. Uh, <laughs> Although I do think Hanks, in, in terms of the character he's playing, does does do a great job here. Yes, like you, you can, considering everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't say. It's um, a fun much. performance. Yes. Um. So what do you do? What do you want to start off with? Do you want to start off with the movie? Do you want, how do you want to? about this uh you told me uh, on the phone you texted me and saying you wanted to talk about the last temptation before this no uh, for this... yeah just for a minute just because it was easter and it's your easter tomorrow oh yes it is my easter really sir sure. and i wanted to talk about a good movie for a minute because i hated forrest gump uh oh i thought you were going to connect it somehow uh thematically to forrest gump which would have been fun what what's how what... i don't know I, that's no. why I, you said it and i was like oh that's interesting <laughs> that's what i thought no, but that's okay. We don't. We we, we, could, we could just skip that. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could we can just go with Forrest Gump and uh, just stick with okay. this. Well, happy Easter, everybody yes. who uh, celebrated and is going to celebrate. Yes. Um, but okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's start with the movie. We, we, uh, I mean, let's just start from the top, how we usually do. I mean, we could obviously <laughs> people know already that there is you hate the film. 
Yeah, right? you have I, a big problem I, with the film. I grew up liking it, and um, yeah, so did I. There's reasons why I don't like it, but I just think if I had to sum it up, I'd say it's a stupid movie with a terrible message. Yeah, is what I would say about it. It is entertaining. I mean, it's about two hours, twenty minutes, something like that, and it does go by fast. I, I'll watching. give it that. It's an easy watch. It's and that's because it's a, a picaresque episodic film, so everything yeah. moves very quickly. I'll give it, moves it that. quickly. I I do think it's well crafted, well acted. Um, it's a well made film. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like I necessarily I see what the critics see, if that makes sense. I think it does, but it's more uh, and on its head on its surface if you don't think about it too much if you just enjoy the film kind of mm-hmm. mindlessly and just taking in as a emotional experience yeah it works on many levels it's a, it's a yeah. good film and even a kind-hearted film you could say mm-hmm. uh it's when you actually start to look under the hood or even just think about what the, the story that is being told that i think it starts to be turned uh dumb dark insidious nihilistic so this is what i wrote okay i wrote forrest gump is elitist forrest gump Mm -hmm. is vapid forrest gump is self-congratulatory it is condescending it is condescending it is moralizing it is arrogant it is retrograde it is nostalgia porn for the boomer generations to feel about themselves the worst generation and we hold and and we hide all this bullshit with a kick-ass soundtrack yeah, because this is boomer propaganda. Yeah, it's bo- it's it, it's a movie made by boomers for boomers. Yeah, it's a it's it's a bit it's a pretty cowardly film too. I feel like it doesn't it it does its message comes out clear, but it almost doesn't uh, want to make its convictions known. It wants to do it subtly and kind of get away with it. I think, yeah. um, you know, one of the the scene that almost pissed me off more than the end of the scene in the movies when he goes to give the Vietnam the speech uh, in the anti-war yeah. protest with Abby and, Hoffman, yeah, yeah, and it just cuts out, yeah, like the, the and like it's supposed to be a funny moment, like the general cuts out so he doesn't speak, yeah, and that's just the filmmakers going, we don't want to take a stand here because we don't want to alienate anybody, yeah, so we believe in nothing, we have no principles, we'll just let the audience imagine that he was saying something that heartfelt. they heartfelt and it could that be they, anything and it, it could be you're anything. transposing your views exactly onto force exactly Tom. oh isn't that uh, uh an artistic uh turn yeah um but it's not it's just it's just complete moral cowardice um yeah. and that i won't say that summed up the film at all but um but that that scene it, it doesn't capture a lot about what's wrong with the film mm-hmm. in terms of the artistic courage it doesn't display and the uh I mean, it's a, it's it's almost a nihilistic scene. It's like we, we it doesn't matter what he says. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Really it's not about that. It's about him and Jenny reuniting. Yeah. yeah, and there's a problem. I think the jokes that don't have to do with pop culture or politics actually work, and they're actually funny. Mm-hmm. Anything that's like what you just said with the scene where he's get cut off, it, it the the irony is just leveled, and I don't yeah. find it funny. It, I I don't I think they're I don't I think you're trying. Uh, it's not funny because they're turning it into a joke, but it, they yeah. didn't write it in order for it to be a joke. Yeah. The joke didn't come first. What came first was we don't want to have a point of view here that might turn somebody off. Yeah. So 
I it's like they want to have their cake and eat it too. We want to have the uh, historical cultural context of Vietnam and mm-hmm. the war and the anti-war effort that came along with it. You know, mm-hmm. the war at home, the war at home versus the actual war over there. Uh, but we don't want to actually tell you what we think about it. Yeah. We, you can decide. Yeah. You know. Um, and I guess there's, you know, there is a way to do that, but I just think the way they did it, they have, uh, the movie has a lot of points of view about a lot of things about life. <laughs> and then when it comes to fucking Vietnam, which is a yeah. huge cultural watershed moment in our country's history, mm-hmm. uh, we don't have a thing to say really. Yeah. Beyond war is bad, I guess. But even then they kind of make a joke out of it when you're, when they're over there through, cause oh, it's yeah. all through the eyes of forest. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of things to do in Vietnam, you know, like hunting Viet Cong and holes and yeah, killing them. Right. So, I mean, they don't show them killing a Viet Cong one time. No. Well, no. Uh, they don't even show people getting shot, really. They just were already shot. Yeah. But correct. Yeah. But it is PG-13. I guess it's whatever. I, yeah. Well, why don't we why don't we draw back? We'll pull back. We'll start from the top. All right. And, so we'll let me just before we go into actually the story, let's just like get some, uh, you know, who it was made by. So sure. it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, mm-hmm. who I like. I love special effects extraordinaire, pioneer. I, I am a huge Back to the Future fan. Mm-hmm. I adore Who Framed Roger Rabbit, so I like Robert Zemeckis, and I also I like Castaway. Who, yeah, I like Castaway. I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, still yeah. do. It's, it's a great. Still movie. holds up. Yep. Um, it was written by Eric Roth, who has been nominated for uh-huh. several Oscars. And he uses the Forrest Gump template again in the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So yes, he does. He, he plagiarizes himself. Yeah, which is uh, something people have <laughs> pointed out yeah. as criticism at the time. His it's, uh, uh, but he didn't write the book though. No, that's by Winston Groom. Yeah, so he who kind is of a man from Alabama who has a certain viewpoint in the world. Oh, he does. Uh, I don't know much about him. Oh yeah, yeah. He wrote a nice little two hundred uh, slob fest of Ronald Reagan. Really? He's a conservative? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, his, his, oh, he's from Alabama. I guess it's not. His, 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 his history That's funny. Uh, uh, books are a lot of like, you know, the North didn't defeat us. We defeated ourselves kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> glorious a, cause bullshit. He's an apologist for the Civil War? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So that's Winston Groom oh, who wrote boy. the novel. Uh, Eric Roth wrote the screenplay, like we said. He Roth is actually wrote uh, the screenplay for Killers of the Flower Moon, so he's still working. He's seventy-seven. Oh wow, okay, still working Good for him. Yep. Uh, he wrote. He actually co-wrote Dune. He did. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. So it seems like he adapts a lot of things. Yeah, like yeah. He's yeah. probably considered the go-to adapter. Right. Um, uh, it was uh, produced by Steve Tisch, who was co-owner of the New York Giants. Yeah, and, and the whole Tisch family. Yep. I mean, they. They. I mean, they are. Yeah connoisseurs for the artistic community you got the tisch school at nyu yep. i think they're big art collectors too yeah well he he they owned lowe's for a while oh, i didn't know that that yeah that's how they got into the film and uh, business his uncle i think was head of cbs television steve okay and then his father left and then wanted to run the giants with wellington mara and uh-huh. that's how steve tisch got in so tisch like produces small films this okay. is his, this is by far his biggest film right to date even. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I don't think he's ever. Yeah. I think he's just into football now, kind of. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that's that's really who makes it. Stars Tom Hanks, stars uh, Robin Wright, Robin Wright Penn at the time. At the time, married to Sean Penn. Uh, Sally Field is a major supporting actress in it. Yes. Gary Sinise is the best part of this movie. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Lieutenant Dan, um, and uh, Bubba, 
is who, he, that's McKelty Williamson. Do you know who else he's in? Yes, he's in Heat. Yeah. Um, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's that in I've a seen. show that we really like. Mm, he's in Justified. He plays oh, limestone. Oh, you're right. He's limestone and justified, of course. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's great in that. He's a great actor. He does a. I actually, he does a great job in this film as well. Yep. 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 So that's that's the cast and crew that you know get that out of the way, so you know who is making this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, John, if you want to start with what you want to talk about. Yeah. Um. Well, let's start. I just feel like we should jump into what's wrong with the film because it does start pretty much immediately. So. Mm-hmm. Here, so Forrest Gump. Let's talk about what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. It's about a mentally a dim-witted person. I no, don't no, mean no. a dim-wit, but I just no, 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 no. He's he's more than dim-witted. <laughs> so, and this is one of the problems. Like, if this scene particularly was taken out, mm-hmm. there's a lot of criticisms I would have that maybe you could forgive. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he's not just dim-witted. Mm-hmm. He has an IQ of seventy-five. Correct. He's mentally challenged yes he's mentally retarded the technical term i yes. i don't mean that pejoratively yeah he's mentally retarded uh-huh. okay um he so he can't he's not a normal guy mm-hmm. okay and he shouldn't be in a normal school so that that's like his mom prostitutes herself so he can get into school uh, and yeah, be like a regular guy that. um <laughs> so and that informs the entire film so essentially what the movie's about is this mentally challenged innocent kind-hearted man Mm -hmm. bumbles into success and even more so than that uh historical significance because he's there and actually plays a part in many historical events uh, throughout the 70s 60s and 70s yes such as per example he's the one responsible for watergate yeah Right, which he meets is, four presidents. Meets four presidents, um, but you know this is this is something that I think people like you saying he, he's a dimwit, right? And this is what people uh, when they talk about Forrest Gump, he's an idiot who becomes rich sort of accidentally and who successful also does what he's told. He, right, does what he's told. Good soldier, um, but that's not that's not what this is. So even the I, I was reading it, it annoyed me. I wrote it down. The mm-hmm. movie description of the film when I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okay. Is an everyman with innocence, like an innocent oh, everyman. <laughs> He's not an everyman. No. He's mentally retarded. Yeah. And he's also preternaturally, is that the word? Am I saying that right? Yeah, preternaturally. Preternaturally talented yeah. at running and yeah. ping pong. Yes. Which that is responsible be. for much of his success. John. That- he's an elite level yeah. college player yeah. who plays for Alabama he's on a scholarship. He's a fucking athlete. He's an athlete. So he helps win them a championship, meets the president for it. Yeah. So that's the one thing. He's an all-American punt returner he, and yeah. kickoff returner. Come on. So he's not an everyman in that sense. No. Two, he was a elite-level ping-pong player as well. Yeah. It's a situation he played for the Olympics or at least played internationally in these yeah. tournaments. Ostensibly... You have to insinuate he used that money to buy his shrimp boat later. Yeah. Because where did he get the money for it? He no, got he it says that. Oh, he does? He, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he so, writes to Jenny. Yeah. Uh, and Bubba. No, no, no. He calls it Bubba well, Gump. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Well, he calls think, it the Jenny. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So 
he's a mentally challenged man with very rare athletic gifts. Yes. He's not an everyman. Mm-hmm. Okay? No, he's not. So, and that's how this movie is framed. Now, again, mm-hmm. he's not so, it's not so obvious that if you took out that scene where he's like, listen, ma'am, your son's got an IQ of 75. That is a specific number. That's very, yeah. Um, and like even the military, for example, this yeah. is how this is how important really this is. Mm-hmm. The military will take anybody. Yeah. Right. They actually have an IQ minimum. Mm-hmm. The military, okay. because if you're below a certain level, You'll it's be difficult a for you. Yes, your liability. You could yeah. even if you were able to take orders, you wouldn't be able to uh, understand certain things. There's a certain complexity of tasks that you cannot do, mm-hmm. and they they would have to try to work around it. So they won't even take you. Mm-hmm. right uh sir you're a goddamn genius right you're yeah, gonna yeah. be a general and that you could get yeah, i could get away with that like that's part of the humor that's and stuff. that joke actually works yeah but this is a mentally challenged man and it doesn't form much of what happens in the film especially his relationship with jenny mm-hmm. which does now then it, it borders on strange not only does it border on strange and sort of perverse but also jenny is actually with a few there's a couple lines in this film that suggest that Jenny is fully aware that he is mentally challenged not just dumb because mm-hmm. his mom clearly recognizes he's quote unquote different yeah lieutenant dan recognizes that he's on the yeah. dumb side yeah jenny actually has lines where i'll just say them mm-hmm. where she's like one when he beats up the guy in college and he yeah. goes he's like he doesn't know what he's doing yeah. that's what she said she's like he don't he don't know what he's doing and then she's like he's like i love you she's like you don't know what love is yeah which is a con which she's being condescending by the way she yeah. does this she's it, wrong jenny actually shows no respect for forrest gump i think throughout the film she cares about him she loves him she wants him to yeah. be well and there's a lot well. of problems with the, how they also not only how she treats forrest but also just how the writer and the filmmakers actually treat Jenny the character. There's a lot of problems with yeah. that character. And I want to get into that because I'd like yeah. to hear your thoughts about that. And so Jenny explicitly recognizes, no, he's not just stupid. Mm-hmm. He's like a child. And she treats him like a child. She speaks about him like a child. Yeah. She understands he's mentally challenged. Yeah. And to me, at least the story that I'm experiencing watching it as a, as a viewer is that I, I think what they were trying to do is Jenny can't be with Forrest because she doesn't want to be happy. She's got to figure out shit on her own, right? Something like that. You know, she's trauma, whatever. Yeah. To me, the story that I'm watching is Jenny doesn't want to be with Forrest because she knows she's mentally retarded and it's and it's kind of wrong. Yeah. Okay. And and that and that and then also that becomes morally problematic when she fucking sleeps with him and has a kid. Uh, you know. Yeah, there's issues. There's issues. There's issues. So that's the. So sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. So, that's okay. but that, but that, just to pull it back, my point about that is, we have to start with the fact that this man, is I, not I would like, man. is mentally challenged. Yes, he has the innocence and brain and emotional and intellectual maturity of a kid. Mm-hmm. And so let's start with that. Yep. So he's growing up. He's his father died. It's just him and Did his mom. Did she die? That that's not in. That's you don't know. Yeah, that's true. You don't know yeah, if he yeah. left because and because 
you could read it that he left because he knew Forrest was mentally retarded and he just abandoned. That's that's true. You that's don't true. know. They do keep it open-ended. They, because they, when she talks about it, him leaving for vacation, it's very nebulous, very generalized. Right. So I'm you glad you, you said that line, by the way, too, that he left for vacation. Because yeah. this is something his mom does throughout the film. She yeah. constantly lies to him. Yeah. And constantly just mucks up. Like mm-hmm. instead of instead of having a more difficult conversation with him, she condescends him by, I think, basically recognizing my kid is slow yeah. and dumb, so I'm gonna keep well, she'll, him innocent. Well, she says it to other characters, right? But not to him. Yeah. Instead, we get and we we very we glossed over just before we talked about before we started recording. There is one scene where she says, "You're not so different," and then yeah. right in the next scene, it's the next, it's literally the next scene. I'm not joking you says he is actually you are actually yeah. different well, well she, she literally says to Forrest well she actually contradicts him to his face though too she yeah. goes you're the same as everybody else yeah and then she says some guys were staring at him we had the leg braces if God yeah. wanted us all to be the same we'd all have braces correct so which is it you're already confusing your already slow kid yep you know so you know the, the <laughs> yeah. It's condescending. It's patronizing. I don't like it. It makes for a uh, basically, and it's wrong. Yeah. So let's start with that. And the thing is, it's wrong. But the film is trying to frame her as a good, loving mom. I mean, listen, she loves him, Correct. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but what she does is not okay. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Jenny continues that same line of treatment. Yeah, they're, they're, after after the mom is, is out of the picture and isn't involved as much. The mom and Jenny are similar in a, in a couple of respects uh, when it comes to Forrest. Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you said how uh, Forrest's mom prostitutes herself to get in to get Forrest into public school, right. which seems selfish to me. By the way, it seems yeah. like I because honestly, if my kid was, if I knew that about my kid, he had an yeah. IQ of seventy five. Yeah. And they're like, listen, we need, he needs a special school. He needs special treatment. I'd Correct. be like, okay, I want the best for my kid. Yeah. So she's decided, no, the best for my kid is to be in a regular school with regular kids, mm-hmm. even though he's clearly not going to be able to keep up with them yeah. intellectually and in terms of his education. Yeah. And it seems to me, the, the sense I get of it, get it as a character is, oh, I just, I don't want my kid to be different. I don't want him to be different. Yeah. I need him to be the same. I yes. need him in the regular school with the regular kids. Yeah. Like there's nothing. It's not like Forrest is going up to her and going, listen, I have friends and they're in the regular school. I want to be regular too, mom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's in the special school. The, 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 the special ed teachers, what, are they going to make him feel stupid? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. But hope I don't not. even think she's going that far. I think it's like I need him. Hey. I, my kid is my kid is the same yeah. as all those other kids. Yeah. I refuse to believe otherwise. Yeah. And it's selfish and it's wrong. Yeah, well, and then fucked up. And yeah, sorry, but then they try to play it off for laughs because then she yeah, has they make a joke out of it. Gratuitous, loud sex with her son <laughs> outside the house, and he can hear her. Sounded like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in Africa. Right. Supposedly, there's like there's they talk about how like it sounded like wildebeest. Yeah, I remember you were telling me that. <laughs> Tell me that story. And I'm just like, I don't know if I see Sally Field that way. If she can make a man. Yeah. Uh, well, forget Sounds forget like that. that. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's gross. Yeah, it's inappropriate. It's very inappropriate. And you put your son outside, and clearly you have the windows open, and the guy's screaming, and you see the lamp moving. 
I mean, come on, dude. That's traumatizing for a kid. Oh, God. Please. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the mom so sure does care about his schooling. Right. So. Yeah. It's there a nice, cheap joke that we could have. I mean, that's yeah. this is the start of, like, this dark, nihilistic shit. Oh, it's weird. That's weird It's, to it's me. utterly amoral. Yeah. You know, it's a cheap laugh. It's not even funny, really. It's just, you know, I just, I, I feel bad for the kid. Maybe I'm a fucking prude sounding like that. I don't know. No, no, you're not, you're not wrong at all, yeah. actually, in this. Um, yeah, and so then we went, we went from that, and then it goes right into the pop culture references. Because this oh, movie, gets, this movie is chock full of nostalgia and yeah. putting Forrest Gump with famous people. It's a it's a movie of pop culture fan service. Yeah, that's what this is. It's yeah. complete and utter fan service. Yeah, I I, I bet this is because it has to be because it's intrinsic to the story, intrinsic to the character. That it's all over the book, and this is what helps sell the book as a screenplay. Sure. Yeah. Is you know these this we love nostalgia. No, and we yeah. do. To this day, we love nostalgia. Now our nostalgia yeah. is the '90s and shit. But yeah, they had their nostalgia in the '90s, and that's what this was. Yeah, we don't have our Forrest Gump yet. Yeah, uh, who knows if we ever and will? But every celebrity that Forrest comes into contact with fucking dies. He's the goddamn angel of death in this movie. <laughs> He's the seventh seal. Yeah, Elvis dies. JFK yeah. dies. <laughs> John Lennon dies. Yeah, Dick Cavett's uh, the only one who lived. Yeah, Dick Cavett. LBJ lives too, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nixon, he causes Watergate. He doesn't kill him. But it's just any anyone that he seems to come into contact with, something fucked up happens. George Wallace. George Wallace dies. He gets shot. Yeah. Uh, no, George Wallace didn't die from getting shot, though, I think. Oh, he, right. There was just an assassination. It was an assassination. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Same with Ford, right? Yeah, correct. Assassination and and Reagan. And Reagan. And right. Reagan. But he's just watching those. Yeah. Wallace, he was like around. Because he was around for when the when yeah, the we'll talk about kids that. were going to school, yeah, you know. But uh, actually, I, I forgot my note here. Yeah. So, and this is <laughs> so what we talked about in the beginning of the film. Let, let's talk about why this film is so fucked up. Yeah. Because eventually, because essentially, this is the conclusion this film comes to. Yeah. Comes to the conclusion mm-hmm. that we have no agency. Yeah. We have no free will. Yeah. Things just happen. And you get lucky or you don't. Life is a box of chocolates, right? Yeah. And you never know what you're going to get. Okay? Zero agency. Yeah. Literally, the film opens and closes with a feather blowing in the wind going whichever way it goes. Yeah. Right? Which I guess is supposed to represent Forrest Gump, but also people in general. Yeah. And there is that argument. Like, it does have this kind of half-hearted argument of, is it destiny or is it just accidental? Can mm-hmm. you control your destiny, or is your destiny just planned for you? Mm-hmm. And at the end, Forrest is like, "Oh, I like." He's talking to Jenny. He's like, "I think it could be both." Well, yeah. like floating accidental, like a breeze versus <laughs> destiny. And I'm like, "No, it can't be both." Yeah, it's either either you have agency or you don't. I, I, clearly, there are things that happen to us that are out of our control. Yeah, but there are things in our control. And actually, it's most it's. Uh, answered at the it's answered visually with the feathers but it's also answered with lieutenant dan Mm -hmm. because lieutenant dan is like i had a destiny to die in vietnam correct and forced against his will saves him yeah so the the movie even in a narrative context answers the question for him where it's like no lieutenant dan there isn't a destiny you don't control your own destiny shit just happens to you and you could take it or leave it yeah but shit only hap shit (laughs) 
see, but the difference between Lieutenant Dan and Forrest is Forrest is uh, God fearing. Yes, uh, that, that's Lieutenant true. Lieutenant Dan is not right, and for and there is so this is what I mean. I find that half hearted, but that absolutely isn't there. Like he kept going to church every Sunday, and then yeah. the storm hit, and they survived the storm. Mm-hmm. And there is God destroyed twelve other businesses, so Forrest can do well. right exactly. But again, it, th- there is a senselessness to it. You know, it's not. So let's start with the, one of the lines which I hate in this film. Yeah. Talking to the senseless. Forrest Gump talks about uh, the KKK. Like he's got that, that there's that joke, that visual joke. Yeah, can like, I talk about that for a second? Yeah, when, yeah. After when you bring it up. And I'll, ahead. well, I'll just say the line. He says, like, you know, Mama said, uh, we all do things that just don't make no sense. Yeah. The KKK. Yeah. It, that is wrong. So again, it's, yeah. it's, it's another example of his mom fucking lying to his face. Mm-hmm. But two, they're, they do have Forrest saying it. It is an important line. Mm-hmm. And again, it speaks to the senselessness of men's actions and the senselessness of the world we live in. There is no sense to these evil things. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. The KKK didn't do things that didn't make sense. It makes perfect, mm-hmm. rational sense what the KKK was doing. Yeah. It's evil and immoral and wrong, yeah. Okay, and it's hateful, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. So this is the shoehorn philosophy that the it's not even a shoehorn really it's it's the glue of the film mm-hmm. that runs throughout the entire story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Nathan Bedford Force is an actual real person, right? And he, he's named after uh, yeah. he's a KK member that she named. He's him the after. first. He's the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. <laughs> yeah. He went out of his way to massacre black Union soldiers during the Civil War. Are you serious? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is true. So, like, when they say, like, oh, well, where they try to gloss over where people just do things that don't make no sense. You yeah. know what? It, that's why it's like, you know, fuck Winston Groom. Like, that's mm-hmm. trying to put, like, a nice little sheet. Ah, I see what you're saying. On, I see what you're saying. On what these assholes think. Sure. And I have a problem with that. Well, that's the, it's a big problem. I never even thought about that. That that's a problem two ways. But right. so again, so maybe this is getting to the heart of the philosophy that the writer was trying to tell, and it got into the script because ultimately that's bullshit. That's yeah. complete bullshit. And they it try, makes sense. And they try to make it, you know, laughable, like we're supposed to laugh at them. But you know, there's Which a lot ma- of people who like this movie who aren't laughing at. They're saying, "Yeah, man." Well, that's this is what makes it heinous because it's wrapped up. This is what makes this movie fucking amoral veering on immoral yeah where they're not they're not only excusing and apologizing for the sin and just washing it away as oh the world's just senseless and nihilistic and there's no meaning to it yeah and also we're gonna make a joke out of it yeah it's also fucking funny isn't it so let's just let's just laugh about it they we can look- at least laugh about it there's no sense like the fucking joker yeah. you're the joker from batman dude that's mm-hmm. what this is yeah so yeah, I got a big problem. I didn't even consider that because that's yeah. that's a good point. It, he might there might actually there's sincerity in that possibly we, where the writer is basically like, listen, yeah, he was wrong. So mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense what he did. No, he, he had a I bet he had a perfect moral philosophy and a moral rationalization in his head for what he did. Sure, and not only that, or, or he thinks it's for the greater good, even though he knows he's doing wrong. Because I've seen an interview with that too. I've seen a KKK Grand Wizard interview. I remember as a mm-hmm. kid. I'll never forget it. And. The guy admits he's like, listen, I could go. To, I might go to hell from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I'm doing it for the, you know, paraphrasing for the s- sanctity and survival of my white race, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But he recognizes I'm doing something evil, 
but it's you know the ends justify the means yeah. essentially for the greater good yeah and also so there's like rose tinted glasses for Forrest's childhood so Forrest grows up in 1950s alabama not yeah. a nice place for certain people right and, and we that don't... is really that's not even talked that's not even seen you no. just think Oh, She's, it was nice living in Greenbow, Alabama in 1950. Yeah, he had a big old house. He had the black housekeeper. She seems to be happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no whites only, blacks only, none of that. Right. You don't see any of that. They have a little that bit. That didn't happen. Yeah, they have it later at the school, but that's outside his world. He's yeah. now entering. He's He enters yeah. the world of racism. It's not at his home. Yeah. It's not in his town. No. It's later on. Yeah. Let's ignore the fact that the entire football team's white. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on for that. It's the fort. <laughs> and, I, and you know, it'd be one thing if the movie doesn't, isn't interested in approaching these uh, cultural issues mm-hmm. and these issues of race and mm-hmm. uh, equality and all stuff. But that that's the entire film. It's the entire backdrop of the film. Yeah. And they don't even address it in his own home. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I, I mean, actually, narratively speaking, they... They wash it away with the KKK line. Yeah. Uh, there, there are, yeah, there are racists and they are involved in our history, but it just doesn't make any sense. Let's just move on and talk about the nice people in Elvis. <laughs> you know, so yeah, we're, and we, then we go to Elvis. Uh, you know, who uh, you know uh, steals Big Mama Thornton's uh, hound dog hit and then steals Forrest's uh, dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elvis just steals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a not, it's, he steals from the beleaguered, the blacks and the cripples. Right. This is, and this is how he became famous. <laughs> That's the story they tell about Elvis in this and movie. Then, and then when and when they pass by, like, I know I'm viewing it from a certain lens and I'm way old. You know, it's way later. It's 70 years after the fact, almost 70 years after his Ed Sullivan performance where he's shaking his hips. But I'm looking at that. I'm like, I don't see an overly sexualized performance there. I just see a guy dancing as he sings. I don't understand how that was not for children. Like, I, I just right. really can't. Yeah, but that's that. no. I know. I get it. That's I, like saying, yeah. like you know, there was a, there's still societies where if a woman shows her ankles, it's sexually arousing. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have that. It's it's a different. We're just not yeah. conditioned that way. It's just crazy to think that that was considered so. At yeah, some point, we're, in this we're world. just so depraved now that that's just that's that. Just yeah, you can G-rated make rated shit. You can make a case for that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Uh, I, yeah. Just and then, you know, they make the joke with Elvis. Yeah. Sexual um, mores change, you know, taboos yeah. change. Yeah. So Forrest is about to go to school. It's his first day of school. She got him in because she fucked the principal or superintendent yeah, or whoever herself. it was. Yes. Yes, she did. And within hearing distance of her uh, mentally challenged son <laughs> who was on the swing while she was getting banged out. <laughs> literally railed out railed out i mean he was so close and he heard it so well that he started mimicking him yeah. as he walked out which is fucking creepy yeah it was. that's a disturbing <laughs> scene it's not funny <laughs> it's wrong i actually yeah that's that's when that scene gets creepy because i i actually found humor and when he says like your mama cares about your schooling but then yeah, when in a start, gross way yeah yeah, yeah. but you when, like he's, and then and when the kid laugh. starts making the noises i'm like oh yeah, it like hits you like, oh, this is dark. This yeah, is wrong. That's a little weird. Yeah. Um. So he he goes on the bus and no one wants to sit next to him. And that's children are fucked up. Let's. Yeah, yeah. Children are children assholes. are assholes. And the only one who's willing to sit next to him is a young Jenny. Yeah. And if there's one thing we learn about this movie is that if you sit next to Forrest, Forrest will love you forever unconditionally. Correct. 
<laughs> he will take care of you, your family, yes. your legacy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just sit next to Forrest he's, Gump and you're he's good. He's a simple man. Yep. Just give him a seat. Give he, him a seat on the bus. Yep, that's all you need. Um, and, you know, you they fast forward through a lot of their like relationship as children. Uh, you see them getting along. It seems like she helps him more than he helps her, but she lets him. He hanging out with him lets her escape her shitty home life. Right, which he doesn't even understand as an adult. Yeah, because the, so the voiceover is him on the bench with the fucking chocolates, waiting to see Jenny years and years originally later. Originally with a black woman. This, yeah, this is kind of important because you oh, have to, I, why. Because uh, the black woman leaves when he starts saying all oh, about about George Wallace getting shot, and then you re- and then you realize why the black woman's like, you know what, this is my bus. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, actually, I didn't, I didn't consider that. That's a yeah. good point. Um, but yeah, it's years down the line. He's an adult now. He's about to see Jenny. When we fast forward to the end of the film, this is actually present time. Yeah. Well, the narration is present time. Yeah. So even in the narration, he goes, "Well, Jenny didn't like to be home a lot." Yeah. You know, her father was always very loving with her kissing and her, her sister, always kissing her and hugging mm-hmm. her. And even as an adult, I'm like, oh, you don't get it. Yeah. And it's one of those stark examples of his uh, innocence slash not being able to understand the world because he's mentally challenged. Correct. Right. It's a, it's a, frankly, it's another, in my opinion, disturbing line that informs a lot of the film because it says so much about his character. Yeah. Uh, at some point, he seems to get it because by the end of the film, he bulldozes the house. So maybe she turns him even, off screen. See, I don't even think that. I just think he views it as she hates that house. She hates that she was from here. I love her. I'm just going to bulldoze the house. It meant something to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. That's how I that, I mean, that's actually the more likely explanation yeah. than, than him actually Because he takes everything li- very literally. Everything. Yeah. And some of it is played for jokes that work. Some of it is weird, like what you're talking about. Yeah. So like it's meant that's... to be sort of innocent and aw shucks. Yeah. Look so that's how I Forrest think it. Doesn't he get just it. he see he remembers Jenny throwing her shoes at the house, and he's like, you know what? Uh... Good point. And he does have the line where, where she uh, she didn't have to live with her father anymore because you know the cops came, and he doesn't actually explain how uh, of why he yeah. even. He, he doesn't have a point of view as to what could have happened. Yeah. Says they took her away, so she didn't, he didn't have to she doesn't stay with him anymore, and she stays with the grandma at the yeah. trailer. Um, and this is why— So he does have some understanding that, at the least, you know, he was doing something bad. But yeah. he didn't—he never seems to understand that it's in a sexual abuse context. Yeah, so that's, that's why, when we talk about Jenny more in depth, that's why there's kind of a problem with what's going on and how they frame her, because so Jenny— uh, lives with a drunk drunkard father who sexually molests her yeah and she has siblings because he says he says it she has sisters it's yes for says uh jenny and her sisters he does yeah he, and you never them see them all. we never know they exist no. we don't know what happened to them what their fate was no you know so yeah so it didn't end well with them either they died young or they <laughs> didn't have a relationship with her because yeah they never get introduced. They're not at the wedding at the end. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah you know, and, and we, so on. And we get a, we, and we get it very early that this will still affects her because she leaves, she constantly leaves her grandmother's trailer at night and sneaks in and sleeps, sleeps with, with Forrest. Forrest. So we know uh, very early on in the movie that Jenny's fucked up and who wouldn't be when your dad is constantly sexually molesting you. Yes. And that's why this is when it gets 
yeah, Jenny's an asshole to Forrest, and some of it is actually unexplained. But how they frame the Jenny character, knowing that she's has sexually been traumatized, she's traumatized, is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't listen. I don't hate Jenny in this film. Like, I do sympathize with a lot of her plight. Yeah, like she's fucked up. Didn't have the help she needed. Didn't even have. Uh, probably didn't understand a lot of what was happening to her. Even being able to process it, she's clearly intelligent, but being able to process it later she didn't know how to process it it doesn't excuse how she treats Forrest but well no and they also try to give her the out where she says I'm not good for you Forrest a couple times right you know all that stuff you know yeah but there's a way of doing it correct you know what I mean but then at the same time I'm also like well at this point the girl's like 22 yeah you know what I mean how much blame am I going to put on a person like that she's been abandoned sexually uh raped she's a rape victim yeah. traumatized doesn't know where she is in the world grows victim up. of incest yeah there's a lot going on right grew, grew up in uh uh you know 40s alabama while clearly being more liberal minded by the time she gets to california she's confused she's you know she's got serious like jenny's got serious problems yeah that forest doesn't can't even fathom literally yeah. can't fat like he doesn't he, doesn't, he wouldn't, doesn't have the processing power yeah to even begin to understand the depths of what she's gone through or how how to handle it yeah and jenny understands that she does he doesn't understand that yeah right so it does make sense that she wouldn't want to be with him that does make sense yeah she treats but, him like shit though but she treats yeah. him like shit yeah and that and she's know. condescending and patronizing to him yeah and you know listen she's got a good heart again loves him cares about him wants the best for him is not a bad she's really not a bad person she she has a good heart and grew up and was raised in a fucked up situation and obviously she continues the pattern with drugs and with abusive boyfriends mm -hmm. and all all the rest of it doesn't excuse how she treats him yeah um Yes. So we go and you know we that's when we fast forward to the running scene cuz if there's one one of the themes in this movie is that Forrest Well, he's got a lot of running scenes. So Forrest is always running. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, well let's go back gonna, the, the running scene when he's a kid. The braces. So we're yeah. back to being a kid because we're we're jumping ahead a bit. Okay. Yeah. So he's back to being a kid. He's getting rocks thrown at his fucking eye. A rock hits him <laughs> yeah. in the eye and he doesn't fall down. Right. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, okay. Tough kid. He's, sure. The fucking rock is the size of his head, but okay. He's dumb as shit. <laughs> he doesn't know to fall down. I'm, ser I'm, not, I'm serious. I'm serious. So, he's dumb as shit. And this just shows that kids are assholes, and we are. We were. Yeah, we pick on kids who are different. Yeah, and, it's terrible. Yeah. And, uh, and the kids will recognize that he's stupid. Yeah. Like, he's slow. Yeah. It's going to be obvious. The scene kind of just happens, though, by the way. There's no real... Yeah, just but we jump happens. into it. Like, yeah. they never... They, this There's movie's enough. gonna be two hours and twenty minutes. Get we let's just get yeah. to the. Let's just he get gets bullied. Scene. He's he's a bully victim. Correct. Okay, sure. So he's being bullied. Jenny tells him to run, uh, which is a theme in the movie because he's always running. And not only is he is only running, she's running a lot, but that's mm -hmm. more metaphorical. Um, so he starts running, and you know whatever. All of a sudden, uh, a miracle happens. Yes, a miracle happens. His legs are healed. Magically. Magically. The braces quite, fall almost, out. Quite literally, they break away. Yeah. And it's a miracle. And we hear it's run, force, run happens. a lot. Yeah. Many times. And he is so fast, he outruns... With them on bikes. People on bikes. Yeah. Kids Which I bikes. thought was silly and dumb. 
Yes. So well, they have him out running cars later too, because you'll see cars oh, yeah. driving by. Well, and he's, yeah. He runs we'll past talk about the that. cars. Yeah. And then so he runs. That's you know that's an important part in the story because we see how miraculous his life is going to wind up being. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then there's a really bad edit because he's running away, right? And Jenny's behind him, and we just see him running throughout Greenbow, Alabama. Yeah. How did Jenny wind up at her house before he did? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Maybe he was running for hours and hours. Because he's... Maybe he ran around twice. Oh, okay. But you're right. That's bad. That's that's a mistake. So Continuity. Error. That's when we find out Jenny is being molested, and she asks, "Can you know, she we, runs away? Please pray with me. I want pray, to be a bird. I want to fly yeah. away from this place." And you know that's why we. And get this all that is stuff. actually uh, to pull back from the nihilism. They do have a few moments here, where again, this seems to be the argument that the argue, that the the competing philosophies that the movie is half-heartedly making yeah. is, you know, she does pray to God, so we give you a feather and flies away. And then the next scene, she actually does get taken away from her father. Yeah. So, you know, ostensibly, God is answering her prayer Correct. to an extent. And we see the birds fly. And yes. we see the birds fly later in the movie, too. Right. Um, so when then, she dies, right? Yeah, like after that. he leaves the grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then we cut again to the same scene, only now with Tom Hanks and Robin Penn, where he's running away from being bullied because nothing has changed. Right. And he's a high school senior. Uh, we hear Run Forest run again a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, does this happen every day? <laughs> yeah. He outruns a, uh, a van with the stars and bars on its bumper. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got the nice Confederate flag shot. Uh, we know exactly where we are. And uh, he runs so fast, he outpaces the van or a car whatever the hell it was a truck and he winds up uh on the football field of the university of alabama <laughs> yeah roll tide roll tide and he outruns one of the ride receipt wide receivers yeah and uh that's who is he- in stride yeah well i guess forrest is at a, at a full sprint though to be fair correct but he's been running yeah he he'd be tired far back yeah he'd be tired. tired yeah this man's stamina is yeah. Off the charts. He is not an everyman. You're right. He's not an everyman at all, oh. dude. He's an elite level runner and an elite level ping pong player. Yeah. That alone cuts away the everyman. Then there's the fact that he's well below average in IQ. By definition, that also means he's not an everyman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so well, listen, this, that's the Amazon fucking Prime description. Yeah. But that is indicative of how people view this movie because that is what he's. No one. We sort of do like Forrest is really dumb. Yeah. But. I don't, I don't know how many people actually take seriously the fact that, like, no, 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 no. This guy's mentally challenged. Yeah. He's actually mentally challenged. Technically speaking, classified. Yeah. We would classify him as mentally retarded. Yeah. He is. Yeah. But we don't really view it that way because that's going to bring up a lot of problems. Yeah. About how, the, how, he's, how people interact, how the good, quote-unquote, good characters in this movie interact with him and treat him. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. So uh, he makes for the perfect college athlete where he's <laughs> – um, dumb and he's just really good at athletics and Bear Bryant uh, who is one of the best college football players recognizes this skill <laughs> and gives him a scholarship to the University of Alabama and by the way things have not changed John we still put our retarded athletes out on the floor because they're really good at uh, putting yeah. balls in baskets catching balls tackling Most people athletes are stupid yeah it's actually better you don't want to be an overthinker as an athlete no, no, no. So, you know... I wouldn't say both athletes are stupid, as, they're not... As know, much as things change, some of the things stay the same, sir. 
And so fast is fast, man. Fast is fast. Fast is fast. Stupid is as stupid does. Stupid is stupid does. Yeah. So he's in Alabama. and he doesn't hurt. Listen, like listen, you're you're obviously a great athlete. You should be able to play football. Yeah. You he's know. you know all, why not? We only see him scoring touchdowns. Yeah. He's apparently brilliant. He's probably got. He's probably still holds the record he's over there. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um. So you know, we cut to him scoring touchdowns for Alabama, and they do that in a comical way where you know they're like, "Oh, he's an idiot. Just go straight." You know. Yeah, whatever. and he Rick wrecks the band <laughs> yeah. every time. They yeah. had to make a sign. <laughs> they had to make a stop That's sign. how stupid he is. That's how dumb he is. <laughs> this is the guy that joined the military. The military accepted this guy. Yes, he would have failed any sort of psychological that they had. Yeah, like yeah. come on, you don't know when to stop. Yeah. Um, Again, it's it, I get it. It's for a, a a gag. Yeah. But you gotta recognize what the gag does in terms of the character it's creating. Yeah. <laughs> because that has to inform the character. Because yeah. it comes out of him. It comes the gag comes out of how the character would act. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're exactly you know? correct. So it's things like that where if they didn't even have that very specific scene about what his fucking IQ was, I'd be yeah. like, oh, this guy is dip below. But you know. This is why I keep going back to that scene. You didn't need it. This is what bothers me about that scene. You didn't need it. Yeah. The the guy. You didn't even necessarily need him to her process. Like, he maybe he's on the edge. Maybe they keep it sort of um, ambiguous. Yeah. About what his IQ was and why he like maybe he's dyslexic. Whatever. Something. Yeah. But no, 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 no. He is explicitly Stop. mentally challenged. Like it's not. It's and it's just not okay in terms of his relationship with Jenny. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we cut to the first of many of putting Forrest in historically documented things. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the first one is he's Forrest in, is weaved throughout history. Yeah, and that's a thing. And we'll talk historically and, significant events. And I'll bring it up later when we talk about it. That's why, like, when that fat bald guy on the seat is incredulous about oh we were sitting next to a millionaire right sir this man has been around the country he's he would be this man is national nationally he famous. was nationally famous he was a, for he running for a, almost yeah. four years so and an all-american and bubba gum shrimp this man there would have been a goddamn series of books written on him yeah. They would have had fucking Ron Cherno, Johnny, whoever, yeah. get some biographer. Who wrote The Power Broker? Who wrote the Robert Caro. Robert Caro. They would have Robert Caro <laughs> on this guy. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They would have had bestsellers about. He was all-time Alabama punt, re- punt returner. Yeah. Won a national championship with them. Visited yeah. the president. Goes yep. to Vietnam. Gets a medal. Huh? Gets a medal. Is a war hero. Yep. Uh, plays ping pong is brilliant on it helps helps open up China open up China with Nixon that's because he's got the Mao paddle paddle goes and starts Bubblegum Shrimp Company and becomes uh, has to be one of the biggest shrimp companies in the country if not in the world and then an early investor in Apple early investor in Apple Mm -hmm. this guy Mm -hmm. is famous on the cover of Fortune too cover of Fortune and then has runs around the world runs around the country nonstop for three years yep this is all after that. Yep. Everybody would know who this guy is. This, not Every only that. Everyone. And that's why this film actually works as a good piece of, like, propaganda about, about like, how America is wonderful. Because this guy would be used everywhere yeah. for that. Because <laughs> yeah. you know why? How I know this? Because Newt Gingrich and Bob Dole used this movie for their fucking Did bullshit they? in the 90s. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. So, like, yeah. 
everyone would know who the fuck Everybody Forrest Gump Everybody is. Everybody would know that, this guy. Especially be a household name, though. He fucking mooned Lyndon Johnson. Everyone would know just yes, that. right, exactly. And he'd be like, who is this guy? I know the media covered up a lot of things during the 60s no, for a while. Yeah. That's a, but that would be no, known. For war, yeah, for anti-war shit. That's what they covered yeah. up. Yeah. Not, not stuff like that. Well, no, that's no. They, they covered up, like, affairs and stuff. They did. Oh, a politi- Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Dude, no, no, no. But this happened on TV. This happened on TV. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it's not a... Yeah. yeah. They still do that shit like that. But, yeah. you know, it's always, always going to be yeah. hatchet, men. Yeah. But he right. mooned the president on TV. Come on. That's funny. This man... There would... wouldn't be comedians watching that. They wouldn't talk about yeah. it forever. Wouldn't have had him on The Tonight Show. Oh, also, absolutely. he was on Dick Cavett. Yeah. With John Lennon. With John Lennon. Everyone would know this guy. Everybody would know him. I hated that. I, that ruins Everybody it. Would that know ruined him. a lot for me. Anyway, so the first time we see him is he is... Uh, um, we see Donald Trump. Oh no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. It's George Wallace. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I, I sometimes confuse the two, but it's George Wallace being forced to integrated by the totalitarian government of the United States to integrate Alabama. And, you know, he's pissed about this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Viv- Vivian, I think, I don't, I forget her last name. I'm sorry about it, but she winds up dropping her, um, yeah, her, her her notebook. Her notebook, and Forrest picks it up. Yeah. Uh, Inserting himself into one of the most uh, historically significant moments yeah, and we got of, a... of, of, the, of the 60s. Yeah, and this is them trying to say, like, you know, maybe Forrest is a good guy. Like... He's too stupid to be a good guy. Yeah, that's... that's he doesn't even realize right. it. Like, yeah. that line where he's like, uh, again, another... Yeah. It's another joke, but another example of Forrest being... I mean, they're throughout the movie, obviously, because Forrest is mentally challenged. Correct. Where he's like, oh, they're letting coons in school. There's coons in school. He's like, coons? Oh, well, Mama says when they have coons, yeah. we just brush them away for the brooms. Well, they specifically have him say raccoons, though. No, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. raccoon? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Can't have he, our hero saying that. Yeah. yeah. Has completely oblivious to the situation. Mm-hmm. Utterly obli- Can't even seem to understand it. Can't mm-hmm. put two and two together whatsoever. Yep. Because growing up in 50s Alabama, he didn't get it. No. He never got it, huh? No. You never got any sense of relations between black and white. And if you didn't, if you didn't, it's because you're fucking mentally challenged. Correct. You know? Yeah. You're, so you're, you're, you're retarded. Right. Uh, you know. Um, I have to say this, out of all the like putting him, inserting Forrest into famous things, I actually thought this was actually edited the best out of all of them like it looked the best visual, looked the visual best effects because wise. they cut from him actually going into it then yeah, yeah how yeah. they cut it it was actually really well done I, I can't fault it it's it's done well um but that's when and then he starts talking about oh well somebody's trying to shoot this you know man when he would run for president someone didn't think it was a good idea <laughs> And that's when uh, the black nurse said, uh, yeah, Forrest, uh, my bus is here. Uh, this is right. a little weird. Yeah. A little weird that we're just I talking never... nonchalantly about George Wallace. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we cut to Forrest visits Jenny at the old girls' school where we talk, where you referenced uh, how he beats, kind of beats the shit out of a guy just for making out with her. Yeah. He takes that completely the wrong way. Jenny... Again, this is the line where Jenny goes, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yep. He doesn't know better. Yep, yep. And, you um, know, so Jenny is really the only character in the film that seems to fully appreciate yeah. Forrest's... Uh, handicaps. Handicaps, mental yeah. handicaps. Um, and that's when we get the scene that I have to say probably uh, uh, was the inspiration behind uh, Jim and American Pie prematurely coming. Yeah, is um, when he she has him touch her boob. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and then it's insinuated that she had him touch her uh, vagina. Vagina go down. Yeah. yeah. She brings his hand down, and that's yeah. when he that's when bursts. He, that's when he, yes, he does burst, and he want, he is out of breath. Yeah. Because I don't think that's ever happened to him before. And then we play with Certainly the joke. Happens, which, again, uh, I keep saying, again, yeah. um, <laughs> if you really try to appreciate yeah. and read into uh-huh. who Forrest is yeah. and what his mental capabilities are and what he's shown to be capable and oblivious and... Uh, he doesn't even know what happened to him just yes, then. Yes, exactly. He doesn't know. He exactly. just came. I mean, can we imagine for a second if... If the roles were reversed, oh god! I mean, oh god! <laughs> no, we know how would, it would be. Right, exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't be a joke. It would be horrifying. Yeah, he's taking, even if it was, he, even he would if be was, taking advantage of a mentally retarded woman. Even if it was uh, for sexual purposes. Even if Forrest Gump was a woman and she was a woman, if it was just a woman, yeah, there. I yeah. mean, that would be horrifying. Yeah, but because it's a man, we excuse it, and you know, it's funny. Especially when it's we funny. get the joke that, you know, I ruined your roommate's... Uh, Sweater. Uh, bathrobe. Bathrobe, sorry. Bathrobe, and we we see her, how she reacts to yeah, that. Yeah, she's horrified. But, yeah. and again, I keep going back to this. If they took out the scene where you get his IQ, <laughs> yeah. I might be able to commi- move on and be like, okay, he's just a very dumb man. Yeah. But it's more than that. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's essentially a child. Yeah, and this is also how we find out that Jenny's becoming more liberal because she, out of all the things she wants to be, she wants to be like a, uh, a Joan Baez like folk, folk singer. singer. Correct. And uh, we'll see She's how that works dreams. out for her. Which yeah. I think also speaking to Jenny's character is supposed to be representative of uh, you know the trauma she's gone through. She mm-hmm. clearly has a lot of self loathing. You get that later where. Yeah. She sticks with abusive boyfriends and mm-hmm. goes into drugs, and then there's a scene where he cons- she considers even killing herself. Yeah, there's two. Um, yeah. Two. What's the? She does it in front of Forrest, and then she does it by herself. Oh yeah, yeah, or... right. It, it, she... With Freebird playing in the background. Yeah, exactly. But she, with Forrest, it's a little different because she's just like, "What if I? What if I would?" Yeah, but it shows yeah. that she's thinking. She's thought yeah. about and it. And also, that's a scene where Forrest does seem to understand what she's saying. Because oh, we'll yeah. just pick and choose when he Forrest got understands complex yep. problems. Correct. Um, he but take, He took that. Well, to be fair, though, he also took it very literally. Yeah, well, but. I, but I, she doesn't say it there's literally. Subtext, there's subtext to his yeah. line when he's like, what do you mean? And he, and he yeah. gets upset. Yeah, you're right. You know, so he's like, oh, she's saying something. Uh, maybe, both, though, you could also read Like, he just understands sort of intuitively that it's something she's there's something off here so yeah. who knows but her being a folk singer i think it's it's uh indicative of her needing validate external validation from others mm-hmm. because she's so self-hating that seems to be how i yeah read it and how it, that informs her character yeah um so then we cut to how like you said forrest is the angel of death and he meets uh president kennedy because he's an all-american mm-hmm um, he talks about well, someone wanted to shoot though, <laughs> and his and his brother, and a nice little brother. Yeah, and you know, so we got. You so know, Forrest gets both Kennedys killed. Yeah, for you know, Forrest is uh, editorializing the Kennedy murders. Yeah, um, and then we get the truest statement in the movie, and that's after five years of playing football, I got my college degree. You sure did, sir. <laughs> yeah. That, that is the truest statement that, in this movie. That is a funny line, actually. Too. Yes, because it line. works. Um. And then right away, because the army is vultures, and I guess this is uh, prior to conscription, 
they the army says, well, you know, look at that that guy's kind of retarded. I think we can get him into the army, right? Which that's how I actually read it. Uh, well, I got they, they, I read that I, the army goes around recruiting, right? So like, especially during the draft or in Vietnam. Yeah. Especially schools like you know those the southern yeah. the Bible Bible Belt southern states they're gonna go out giving out pamphlets. Oh no, I get it. I just view it you know as I mean? like I don't know. I felt like it was like targeted for some reason. Just how I viewed it from, right. from it. And that's you know, well, he picked the right one. He picked the right candidate. Yeah, Forrest just decides that he's uh, going to uh, go into the army. Yeah, which he and he's. Uh, brilliant at it by the way he's a great soldier in terms of following orders he knows he how to take apart top soldier yeah he knows how to take apart pull apart a gun in record time yeah uh he yep. insinuates that he's a great the the drill sergeant insinuates that he's a great marksman because he says you, you I, I would put you a general whatever some technical yeah. division if you weren't but he, he's like we'd lose a great infantryman yeah. so he must be good physically as well and yeah. why wouldn't he be he's an athlete right yeah um, so again, that's another nail in the everyman coffin. Yes, and that's uh, that's how we meet Bubba. Yes. Um, who, you know, I, I have a question about Bubba. Do you think Bubba's also kind of retarded? Uh, like technically, I I don't. Well, dude, there's if there was a scene where we did a Bubba's Cause IQ, I, cause I, and there were like Bubba has an IQ of seventy three. Yeah, I would believe it, but I think there's at least the question that. One, Bubba is uh, he, he's dim-witted, but also he's got the big lip and the lisp. He's got a that, he's got like a speech impediment. His lip so is that, so it's over hard. The top. Yeah, so he's got a speech impediment, so he sounds dumb too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Bubba seems to have a, 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 a more understanding of the world than Forrest does. Even when he dies, like Forrest, why but does this happen? It's also very I limited. Yeah, he's limited sure. because he just talks about shrimp. Yes, he's this very obsessed. I think it, it seemed more he like he doesn't shut the fuck up about yeah, shrimp. It, it seems more like I don't know. Maybe he's on the spectrum. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Okay. He's, he's obsessive about shrimp, but he knows a lot yeah. about shrimp. Oh, he know. He, like he's got yeah. technical. Seems that technical knowledge yeah. about shrimp. He's very confident in oh, being yeah. able to cook shrimp. So you yeah. know, cooking is pretty complex. Can be, I guess, or yeah. whatever. So and he's, he's shrimp burgers, shrimp blah 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 yeah. goes down the list. And if these are all shrimp dishes he can make. Yeah, this guy's, uh, I think, a standard deviation above Forrest, possibly. Okay, um, so which but, could still put him at ninety, which is still not, you know. Yeah, still and that's pretty slow. That's when we get, um, you know, actually a cut, a cut that's going to be referenced later, and that's why I'm bringing it up. In that we see Bubba's past generations always being the help, and that they're serving right. uh, white families uh, shrimp dinners, essentially. Yeah, and that that's going to cha- that changes later. That changes later for sure. Um, so Forrest takes the army like fly to shit like we like we said and uh you know one of the things about this movie um is that Forrest does what he's told he's very good at doing what he's told and he gets rewarded heavily for that yes and then you juxtapose that with Jenny who is not not only abused but then because of her abuse becomes a rebel essentially she's uh-huh. part of the counterculture and she does drugs and you know but she thinks differently and uh she gets punished and she gets the ultimate punish at the punishment at the end right and yeah, it's it's true. a problem in this movie where you know where you you do what you're told and you uphold the the system essentially and 
you know, you're going to do well. And if you go again, if you buck that system like Jenny, uh, you know, you're going to you're going to die of AIDS. Yeah, and even true. though even though AIDS isn't around at the time. It only isn't around. I mean, she must have gotten it from they muck around needle, needles, right? I, I don't know. They muck around with a few things in this timeline because some of them I've actually I researched it. The timeline. Yeah, what year would up. she have gotten it? So she so she would have gotten in 81. She dies in 82. That would have been just the start of it. Yeah, well, they but they don't. Have... They, there's a specific reason why they don't say she has AIDS because it's very you don't really know. Yeah, I thought wasn't the first guy like 79. I thought. Yeah, but it's not prevalent. Right. And we also don't see her really with AIDS. Yeah. And and actually by 81, yeah. that would have been at least three years, right? Because she had her kid. Unless that's, she got that's it. That's the problem with the kid. The, the kid is older than how he really should be if we're basing it off uh, also him uh, in, investing into Apple. Because Apple's right. IPO didn't happen until 1980, I think. There's, okay. There's, and he doesn't meet he, – he doesn't have sex with Jenny until after that. Okay. So the, it gets a little weird right, at right. the end. They That's just, right. All they right. They want, get a little ahistorical. Yeah, they just, want, they just want to fit in more pop yeah, culture. Yeah, shit, yeah exactly. Really. Just fucking jam it in. Exactly. And we, the ages don't work, whatever. No one will notice. Exactly. Which we didn't. I, I didn't really notice. Um, I didn't think about it. I just, I, th- stuff like that annoys me. That's why I hate Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, whatchamacallit. So he's sleeping in the bunk. He sees a picture of Jenny and Playboy as a centerfold. Yeah. She gets kicked out of her old girls' school, and she becomes Bobby Dylan, the stripper slash folk singer at a strip club in Memphis. Yes, and let me get to—I mentioned this off air. Mm-hmm. What the saddest line yeah. of this entire movie is? Yeah, possibly one of the saddest—not possibly one of the, if not the saddest line mm-hmm. in film history. Okay, when Forrest is off duty. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He's come back home. Mm-hmm. He finds Jenny in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they explain how he found her? No, no. They just, I guess, because she's I'm surprised gonna, that he's there. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's not. Yeah, it just, yeah, just walks there. in and he has this somber moment in the voiceover where he says mm-hmm. he saw Jenny and he says something to the effect of, "I hope I." This might be a paraphrase. Her dream had come oh, true. I wrote that. She was a folk singer. Yep. Her dream came true. She, she became a folk, a folk singer. singer. I wrote the exact same That's thing. That's the fucking saddest line yep. in the whole film. Because yeah. one, on the one end, mm-hmm. her dream didn't come true. Mm-hmm. This is this woman at this point in her life being at rock bottom. She does yeah. get lower than rock bottom. But at this point in her life, she's fucking spiraling downwards in rock bottom. She's in a goddamn strip club, topless, singing, Just in a thong and a guitar. Just in a guitar. thong, singing to a bunch of drunks that just want to fuck her. Yep. Okay? That's horrifying. Yeah. Okay, so it's the opposite. It's the diam. It's the diametrically opposed opposite to what her dream is. Yeah. This is a fucking nightmare. One. I think they try two, to play it for laughs too. I think that's supposed to be a joke, but it's not at all. No, it's not. It's so dark. It's and sad. then two, it again is the ultimate in cap. This is the worst example of Forrest not at all understanding the world he lives in. He is such a child and so innocent and so handicapped Mm -hmm. that he literally not only does not recognize that this is not a place she wants to be in, but 
actually believes that this is the place that she wants to be in more than anything else. Like this is her choice. Yeah. She doesn't want anything else in the world mm -hmm. besides being at this bar singing her folk songs. Yep. Singing it's, the times are changing. The times are changing. She's singing a Bob Dylan song. She's a cover. Yeah. She's a cover singer yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. And jarring. Yeah. And dark and and disturbing. It's such a disturbing line when you actually yeah consider it. Yeah. And that it's just it's so sad. Yeah. And then again, you have that and then you and then what happens with Jenny and Forrest later and you under and I understand that when Jenny says things like you don't know what love is, he doesn't know any better. She is right. Like she kinda she is, right? But then at the same time, you still dangle this carrot in front of him, Jenny, that yeah. you're gonna be together, she that you're that his girl. Yeah. And well, she, she you do eventually him, fuck him and, and have a kid with him. Well, she says to him before they leave the uh, the peace march, you know, I'm always gonna be your girl. Yeah, I'm always whoa, your girl. Whoa, whoa. That's that's and Jenny, you know he's mentally handicapped. You know yeah. what that's going to mean to a guy like him. Yeah. Yeah. But even in the wake of war, Forrest still retains his innocence. Yeah. It's... Again, it speaks to how handicapped and challenged this guy actually is. Like, mm -hmm. he, he, he actually doesn't seem to have the capacity to learn from the world. Now, this is contradicted in certain areas by the end of the film, but th 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 that doesn't really, that don't really make sense. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. But it, it's just a line you didn't need. No. It's just, <laughs> you know, he could have come in and we could have just had his reaction. We need the narration. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a disturbing line and a disturbing scene. In my yeah. Opinion. Uh, and so then he does the dumb, he's the dumb oaf that, yeah. comes Tumble. on stage and drags tries to drag her off stage and pick her up yeah he beats like the a, shit out of the guy who touches her, her leg yeah. and whatever and then he like a fucking idiot then he drags her off stage she doesn't like it no shit it's ruining her job and then she right. realizes you know what this life sucks I need to get away from fucking everybody yeah. and try to do something different with my life so she hitchhikes with a random truck driver after contemplating suicide yes yes and she tells Forrest you know I'm uh, you know forget about me essentially and he does not um, and that's when he tells her, I'm going to go to Vietnam. And then we yeah. cut to Vietnam. Well, before he does tell her, I'll give this to Jenny. Um, before he does tell her, she gets scared. Before she, she, yeah, tells, she tells the guy, hold on for a second. She goes, whatever happens, run. Yeah. Which I actually do. Well, one, it's another... <laughs> <laughs> it's another reminder that Jenny compl knows that Forrest is going to listen to her because he's an idiot and I have to give him very specific instructions yes. because this moron will get himself killed. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, that's what the subtext is. Uh, you know, Jenny... He will listen to Again, me. Jenny fully understands who Forrest is. She really does. She knows yeah. him better than anyone, seemingly. But also it shows that Jenny really does care about Forrest. Mm -hmm. She does love him. I think she and, cares about him, yeah. No, no, she absolutely does. Yeah. And listen, she's had... Yeah, people criticize Jenny's character for treating him at this point in time. How old is she? 21? Yeah. 20? Yeah. 21? You know? Something like that. So she's a kid, dude. Yeah. She's, she's a traumatized kid. She's got nobody. I think we also just view it because we know Robin Wright Penn at the time was just older. So, like, that, yeah. So, you know, but she's viewing. not. She's extremely young. Yeah. You have to view it as the character and not the actress. Yeah. And as the character, she's a kid. So I am, yeah. I am, I am forgiving of Jenny in this movie. I really am. Yeah. But. Um, it, it doesn't excuse everything she does. Um, so does every scene that has to do with Vietnam in any movie, any, 
Does it always have to have along the watchtower? Dude, I Buffalo Springfield. I knew you were going to say that. And Fortunate Son. Yeah, Fortunate Son and Buffalo Springfield are the big ones, and you always have some Jimi Hendrix dun, song. Dun 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 dun. It. At least they avoided the doors, dude. No, they had the doors a few times in this movie. Not during Vietnam. No, but they play a few. But they times. do play. Uh, you got to play the doors in sixties and seventies. <laughs> but they didn't have writers on the storm, at least. No. <laughs> but Fortunate Son. I mean, Fortunate Son is, is actually about Vietnam, so uh, it's like, oh god. And he is actually, uh, technically, he is one of those guys. He was. Yeah, he just wasn't a fortunate son. He wasn't a fortunate son. Well, that's what. Son. Yeah, but again, that's why it's about Vietnam. All, yeah. all of them there are not fortunate sons. Besides Oliver Stone, he was the only one. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's just every single Vietnam movie, even today, has the same songs. <laughs> Can we have different things? Still, different songs. But still, it, it's again, it's the songs of those times, and they are really classic yeah, listen, songs no, this, and legendary bands that this, just all happened to be out in the 70s during that the during soundtrack the, war. the soundtrack to this movie is bumping yeah it's a great soundtrack it is used very very liberally and that's because we want to mask the bullshit that's in this movie by like oh hey that's that great song <laughs> that i remember when i was a kid uh a lot of that going on and um so that's when we meet lieutenant dan who is the head of, uh, whatchamacallit, force uh, military unit. Unit, yeah, he's an officer. And I think uh, Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan is the best thing in this movie. He's the best part of the film. He is he's great. Uh, he's great. His character makes sense. His character has an arc that makes sense. Yeah. He has a character, uh, his arc actually is earned, in my opinion. I agree. There's a, there's a payoff for him. Yeah. It's, there's a, it's a slope. Uh, it's... It, he develops. We know him. Yeah. We know Lieutenant Dan. We know he him. Has as a, a, he's a he fully has a formed journey. character. Yeah. And I do appreciate how he's written. Um, I did like the joke where, you know, uh, Forrest says, you know, the people in his unit, we have Dallas from Phoenix, Cleveland from Detroit. And then because he's so dumb, he doesn't tax. know tax and where tax comes from. Listen, I, I like that joke. <laughs> And he's so like stupid it. in other parts of the film. It doesn't really make him dumber, so I like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not the dumbest, it's not yeah. the dumbest thing Forrest Gump says in the movie by a long shot. No, no. I, I, I thought the joke was funny. But yeah. it's just like, it just highlights what you said. He's right. actually really just dumb. No, he's um, more than dumb. It, you know what I mean? He's handicapped. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I want to harp at the point to be, I, I'm not doing it to be mean. <laughs> no. I really don't mean it in the pejorative mm. sense. He's technically, that's what he is. Yeah. And they kind of make sure we know that. Yes. Um. And that's when we find out that he, uh, him and Bubba are going to wind up becoming uh, a shrimp boat uh, partners. And well, that's their plan before. That's their plan to get when they get once they get out uh, of Vietnam. And they're going to split it fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that we get that in, involved, we see Forrest writing to Jenny almost every day. Mm-hmm. And. Then we cut to how Jenny's become really part of the counterculture, and we get like a little montage of her, you know, in San Francisco, hitchhiking, hitchhiking. and the psychedelic buses, yeah, uh, vans, whole, and just the whole nine. Yeah, anything and singing for change on the sidewalk. Yeah, any and you know whatever cliche you're thinking of, that's what they used for Jenny yeah. in the counterculture. Um, Flower dress, whole thing. Yeah. We get, then uh, we get a little montage of the different types of rain that Forrest goes through for a bunch of months, 
And then the second it stops raining. I made a note of that too. The second it stops raining. The sun comes out. Yeah. What do we get? Instant fucking yep. death. Yep. It's so funny you brought that up too. Yep. And so they're uh, they're attacked by the Viet Cong. It's, uh, you know, they're getting shot at and all that stuff. Um, Forrest takes Jenny's advice and runs uh, mm-hmm. uh, after fighting a little bit. But he winds up running. And actually, he's sort of going a while he's not there for his men. Yeah, and, and and this and here here's yeah. a great point as to why the military don't take people with who, who are that dumb. Yeah, because if he was a little smart, he wouldn't do that. He would understand. I'm not right. supposed to run. I have to be with my men. Exactly. But he, Forrest acts on instinct. Yeah, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's fighting. There's image. Jenny told me to run. Yep. I'm running. Yep. And he runs like the wind. Yeah. And um, then we get the climax to Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge. So you don't need to see Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to see it because you get the nice little five-minute clip in Forrest Gump, actually. Yeah. And we see Forrest <laughs> saving uh, anyone who uh, is a casualty of the war. So they're yeah. shot. He comes across, basically, he, he follows his own path back. Yes. Because he, uh, because he, he, as he's running, he sees someone on the ground. He sees text. He sees text on the ground. Yeah. And that's when, again, Forrest acting on instinct, instinctually, he's like, Oh, my man, my friends are getting hurt. Yes. Let me then, help them. And then he gets uh, crazy because he can't find Bubba. Bubba. Which I get. You know, you don't want to lose your buddy. Um, that's when he finds Lieutenant Dan, who is uh, injured uh, with yeah, his, his legs. His legs are shot up. And he's calling up the radio to just fucking name, napalm the place because yeah. he has his own death wish. And he wants his, he thinks his destiny to die on the to, battlefield yeah. has, is going to be fulfilled because we see an earlier montage of every past generation of Dan Taylors getting killed in a war. Yeah. Like that's something to live up to. I mean, that's, a, yeah. that's something to dig in, but it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice beginning of Lieutenant Dan's arc because you get a, you know, he, he's, he, the, the man's, what am I trying to say? The man's, uh, philosophy is facing is about facing death. Yeah. You know, at the forefront of this man's mind is death. He came yeah. to Vietnam to die. Yeah. Which is which is pretty dark. Yes. Quite and almost I won't say nihilistic because obviously there's meaning in it, but it is it's it's dark. Oh yeah. It's about it's it's death versus life. The and man they, doesn't look and they to play live. it for a cheap laugh. Right. That's what's crazy about but this movie. I'll, yeah, but I'll say and I don't I don't know how intentional it is with the film, but I do like it because the arc is an arc that moves from Lieutenant Dan being oriented from death to life. Yes. Because he's Correct. a man at this point that isn't seeking to live. He's seeking to die. Correct. Which Correct. I like. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot of problems, uh, especially in the beginning part mm-hmm. of his, his arc. Um, so, you know, he's, he's essentially going to commit suicide and just kill him and every single enemy soldier of the Viet Cong. Four saves him. And he's pretty incredulous about this. He, he does not want to. He, well, he's like almost attacking him when he picks him up. Yeah, he's he, trying to. Yeah. yeah. He would kill him if he could. Right. Um, as Forrest is saving him, he gets shot in the ass. Yeah. Some <laughs> another cheap joke that just adds to the Forrest is retarded column. Mm-hmm. He's like something jumped up and bit me. Yep. You know. Yep. And uh, you know, you don't they, un- even a kid would know it's a bullet. Well, John. Whatever. John. They told me it was a million dollar wound, but I didn't and even see a nickel. The, that million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Um. So what happens is he saves everybody. Doesn't understand uh, metaphors. No, 
<laughs> no, he doesn't, doesn't understand colloquial <laughs> phrases. I, like, he doesn't get it. No. You don't get they, that? They call uh, Elvis, he became some kind of king. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, he takes everything literally. Yeah, he can only everything. take He can only take and things it, literally. And Run, literal. And we're about to get Go to the here, darkest literal. part of that literal. It, there's two really dark parts about him being very literal. Yeah, you can bring up Bubba. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. So he finds Bubba. Bubba's shot through the gut. He's dying. He's going to die, yeah. He's going to die. Forrest tries to save him, which is nice. And he's running him out. He doesn't know really what's going on. Yeah. Which actually is nice because he... Yeah. he uh, what... Uh, what you would re- what you recognize is that it actually isn't in vain, in my opinion, because they're going to napalm that whole area. Bubba's yeah. body ultimately probably would have been lost, so now they're yeah. actually able to bring Bubba's body back home. Yeah. So he brings Bubba to the to the shore, like you did with everyone else, right when the jungle is fucking napalm to shit. So yeah. Agent Orange is everywhere, and right before Bubba dies, he asks Forrest, you know, why did this happen? Yeah, and he says right that I want to go home. Why did this happen? And Forrest just says, you got shot. Yeah. He takes the question literally. Yeah. And it's the last thing that he says to Bubba, and it's the last thing Bubba hears. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he also reflected, when he's reflecting on it, he kind of realizes that he says it in the narration that probably wasn't the best thing to say. Yeah. So he does ha- he does realize that. You see, recognizes later, I did take that Maybe I do think take things too literally sometimes. Yes, because that's not he recognizes that's not actually what he was asking. And that's one of the that's I think this is the first instance where we hear Forrest when he's ending a story, before he goes into the next one. He says, and that's all I have to say about that. And he says that every single time something really hurts him, and uh-huh. because I didn't recognize that. That's he, interesting. he says that every single time, and because. Forrest really doesn't show when he's upset. Instead, he internalizes it so much he goes on a three-year run. Right. He doesn't know how to show his disappointment or sadness or depression or anger, really. Yeah. So he just internalizes. He doesn't show. He doesn't know how. He doesn't know how to he process know, it. He doesn't know how to do anything like this. He yeah. just knows. I. He just knows this is bothering me. These things yeah. that have happened. Because these are complex life, feelings and complex events. But I don't know how to interpret it. He's not a. You know. He. He. Yeah, he possesses no complexity of thought. Correct. Um, so we find out uh, Lieutenant Dan has both of his legs amputated. The letters that Forrest has sent to Jenny have been returned to Sendered. This is right. the first glimpse of uh, Jenny's a bitch. Yeah, a okay. Bit. Uh, but this is my this is my thing though. He, also, he sends it to uh, to he sends it to Greenbow, Alabama. No, no, no. There are ones from San Francisco. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that one. almost positive. It's okay. a San Fran. But whether it is, she's living on the street. Yeah. You know, whoever was there, it, it definitely said San Fran, at okay. least a bunch of them, because I had the thought, well, someone else could have taken that apartment and they don't live here anymore. So they just put it back in the mailbox. Yeah, okay. So okay. I, when I first saw the film yeah. or when I was older and saw the film for the hundredth time, I was pissed off at Jenny. But it might I think it was just returned to sender because Jenny wasn't there. Okay. I don't think she did. I don't think even Jenny would do that. But I don't think that's what the filmmakers were really going for, though. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that that could be some uh, genuine ambiguity, big ambiguity that they were creating. Okay. Because we in that montage, while he's at Vietnam, we literally see her on the street playing for change, and then a guy goes to her, "Hey, we're going down to whatever the fuck," and she's like, "Sure, I'll go with you." Mm-hmm. And she just brings everything she owns. I don't think I think Jenny at this point is homeless, okay. so she doesn't have a place where she would be where she would be getting letters. Oh, she looks good. 
for being homeless. Yeah. Well, she ain't eating much. <laughs> no, she's not. Um, so that's, and then we find out this is when, um, you know, uh, another black guy uh, gives uh, a path to success for for Forrest and uh, winds up uh, showing him the game of ping pong. Ping pong. Yeah. You ever play this? Yeah. And that's when, you know, he becomes the wonder, uh, wonder kind. Yeah. Wonderkind. I think it's pronounced. Wonderkind. Uh, Wonderkind. Wonderkind of uh, ping pong. And he just practices it because he has a one track mind about everything. Right. And he takes like a duck to water. (laughs) Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Really Forrest? You're from (laughs) fucking Alabama, dude. (laughs) It's got to be ducks everywhere. Well, you know. You've never seen a duck? Ducks are really <laughs> good at being on water. But he understands. They love water. But he understands that I ran like the wind. Yeah. He can say that. He understands that. He got more money than Davy Crockett. Yeah. He gets that. <laughs> he can use similes. He uses simple similes. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. They pick and choose how stupid Forrest is. But when he's dumb, man, he <laughs> is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um... So then Lieutenant Dan drags Forrest out of bed one night because he's angry. He's a fucking cripple and he didn't die. So he's angry that he not only didn't die, now he's fucking a cripple and he's a joke in his yeah. own mind. And again, I, I've said this earlier, but let's take re- this very literally the whole conversation. Yeah. And let me reiterate it's dark. This is the this is the argument of randomness and senselessness and not having agency not having control over your life Mm -hmm. and not having the free will to enact your own destiny Mm -hmm. uh wins over we all have a destiny that we can fulfill yep this is where that is winning because lieutenant dan is basically saying you've rebuked my entire life philosophy yeah he's completely shattered yeah he's shattered i think he's like it's an existential shattering it's not just i didn't die it's that I had an idea of how the world works and you destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, and and the way that, the world works is idiot it's completely random it. and you're a moron. Yeah. 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 And he, he want, you know, his arc winds up, you know, sticking up for Forrest. But at that moment, he's like, he can't believe that this fucking dummy ruined everything. Right. And it pisses him and off. And he ruined everything because he's stupid. Yes. Right. That's part of it too. Yes. This ran this idiot in this random senseless act because he didn't force isn't thinking right yeah. he's just picking him up and doing it. Um, and listen, Forrest did do a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it, he, he did, did the right thing. He did the right thing. He did sure. the right thing. Um, um, it's just that that's not how Lieutenant Dan sees it at yeah. that moment. And I'll say Lieutenant Dan's idea that he should have died on the field isn't like hopeful or life affirming or anything. No, but it's, it's just it's a you know Lieutenant Dan's words what basically what is being refuted is the idea of us having some sort of destiny correct or in even some sort of agency because lieutenant dan was choosing to die there yeah and then by accident really because Forrest didn't have to come up to him mm-hmm. he survives correct um he's a feather in the goddamn wind and yep. lieutenant dan can't handle that at this point in time yes um then we you know we find out Forrest for all this roast gets the presidential medal of honor this is when mm-hmm. he meets LBJ and he moons him. So we get more of that. Another literal moment where he's taking something literally where the yep. guy goes, I'd like to see that. Yep. And he goes, God okay. damn, son. Yeah. He, he's, <laughs> he takes it literally and he's great at following orders. Yeah. He's very good at that. And then, like we said, he gets rewarded heavily for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Forrest uh, accidentally winds up at the March on the Pentagon. 
Because yes. Wandered, literally wanders in. I went to go see uh, the Lincoln Memorial, and yeah. I wound up on lines. Yeah. A bunch of lines. And, um, which is, what does it say? Again, what does it say about Forrest? Even being a soldier of Vietnam, he has zero interest. I won't say capability, mm-hmm. but he has zero interest in actually assessing his surroundings and trying to figure out what is going on. No. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't. He's wandering around. Could be in a garden, in a war zone, in a city. I'm just going to wander around. What's happening here? I'm on stage in front of a microphone, and it never dawns on him to even figure out what this is. It's not so much that he's trying to figure out and he can't. That would be one thing, and Mm -hmm. it would would be, uh, again, indicative of, of how slow he is. But... He said even he's not even interested. It doesn't even enter his mind mm-hmm. to assess. Well, what what what's going on here? Who are these people? Mm-hmm. Let me read a banner. Let me read the million signs that are going down uh, the fucking Lincoln Memorial that are all around me. The buses. Read one sign on one bus. No interest. No, no interest whatsoever. He's just innocent as a four year old. Really? Yeah. yeah. A four year old. It's it can't get much older than that. Because a six-year-old might might try to read or something, and and or at least try to ask somebody what's going on. Yep. Um, you know, if you notice, actually, the guy behind him though is a Dennis Hopper lookalike from Pirates oh, Now. Is he? Looks exactly well, like him. Well, it's like Cap- is yeah. Lieutenant Dan is looking like Tom yes. Cruise from Fourth yes. of July. So. Oh yeah, and they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, nice little homages there. Yes. So he gives so he gives a speech that we don't hear like we t- we we've talked about before. And Jenny is there, and mm-hmm. she calls out from this huge audience of, like, I think 75,000 people were there for this march, uh-huh. something like that. I mean, it was a huge crowd. It was huge. tens of thousands. Very big deal. And, you know, he, he screams Jenny, and they wind up hugging in the reflection pool at the National Mall. Right. And, you know, they wind up talking all night. She has him meet uh, the Black Panthers. And uh, the student libs. Uh, well, they're communists. Her, her, her boyfriend's a communist. Pretty sure he's got a red. He's got the red. Uh, yeah. Armband. Yes, and of course he's the one who violently strikes her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so of course, you know, of, of course the Black Panthers are fucking militant assholes yeah. towards everyone. Right. Yeah. Especially, especially. It does make sense with what you said about this. Especially <laughs> <novel>. whitey. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, every single time uh, fucking Forrest Gump, uh, like, smacks someone around, it's, you know, they didn't really hit her, though. So every time we see uh, Forrest beat up someone who accosted Jenny, they never really do anything to her, though. He doesn't like that she made out with someone, so he beats the shit out of her. He doesn't like that some guy, like, you know was uh heckling her and catcalling her he'd be you know he shoves him whatever this guy who's you know obviously the ultra liberal uh smacks the shit yeah. out of her well it's beyond liberal because i uh, but i i know what you mean because yeah. he, he does in the film he does represent the liberals of the 60s to an yes. extent yes but i you know i'm fucking liberal i'm not a goddamn i'm not a communist and you know, he, i know you're not yeah. either but yes i you, you're right yeah. And I think, and I actually think him wearing the red armband is sort of the film trying to get away with it. Yeah. 
of being like, oh no no no, this guy's something else. Just so just so we're we're clear, it's not left versus right or whatever yeah. the fuck. And this guy, but yeah, but this guy also called him a baby killer. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things going on that. Right, I, that's true, and that is that was a thing that you know the '60s countercultural liberal people did say. So yeah, you're right, you're right. And I'm just uh, you know whatever. Yeah, I mean he's a vicious hypocrite. Yeah, is the idea like yeah. that's what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, yeah. and force beats the teetotal shit out of this guy. Yeah, and um, he gets escorted out, which also he's completely in the right. We're just going to allow this guy to fucking smack the shit right. out of this woman. Well, I mean, you could argue that that's why, is that why they didn't do anything to him? And they were just like, you got to leave because the guy, what the guy did was fucked up. I don't know. Oh my God. They should have thrown that guy out. Cause he smacked yeah. a woman, but no, we're going to throw out forest because <laughs> he, you know, he did the right thing. Yeah. Um, well, Jenny does say, let's go. Yeah. And, and, then, and to be fair, they were invited, which, you know, yeah. almost makes yeah. it worse yeah. for the, for the aspect of what they're showing with the Black Panthers or who they associate with, yeah. because he says, "I shouldn't have brought you here." Like yeah. she, she doesn't know these people. It's his, it's his guys. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, that's when Forrest says, "I'm sorry, I ruined your but Black Panther party." <laughs> yeah, it's one of the smartest things he says throughout the film. <laughs> he did ruin it. I mean, they kind of fucked things up. They were, they were kind of, they were on their thing. I mean, they were like he was, the guy was fucking pontificating and like they were all energized and they yeah. were all united and then that happened and it was the soldier you know yeah force kind of ruined the vibe yes we we definitely uh yeah he did um it's just it's just interesting that we see the the hippie assholes of the 60s counter culture counterculture become you know the yuppie douchebags of the 80s who you yeah. know view everything and actually it doesn't change Really, they are just selfish assholes. The boomers. They viewed the sixties. Me, 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 me. Boomers turns into the eighty yuppie douchey me generation ever because they're also they're also affecting us now. Most privileged generation in the history of the human race. Yeah, in the history of and they have all sucked everything of recorded human history and then blame everyone. You could have been Forrest Gump dumb, (laughs) which is what happened to Forrest. And and just and done whatever you could have walked into a factory, ended up CEO fifteen years later, bought a house for fifty thousand dollars that's now worth ten million. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm being completely yeah hyperbolic right now. Yeah. But I I googled. Um, I was actually trying to find this guy, this real life Forrest Gump that I'll talk about later on from the yeah. 19th century, and I was typing in real life Forrest Gump. Yeah. And there was actually some guy who ran around the country or whatever, but there was another thing who talked about how much Forrest's Apple investment would have been worth, mm-hmm. would be worth today. Do you oh know how much God. it would have been worth? No. 100K in 1980, whoever he did it. Uh-huh. $49 billion. Oh, my God. Okay. You could have been dumb as shit, <laughs> stepped in shit, put a 1000 bucks yeah. in Apple yeah. or Microsoft or wherever. And there's a lot of that. Waited 20 years. A lot of these guys. Yeah. Or you bought him. You know how many idiots uh, we I know about that? I don't want to say they're idiots, but like if you had a house in Brooklyn or mm-hmm. a building in Brooklyn that you bought in the 70s, 80s, whatever, that you paid off uh, on a mortgage, mm-hmm. you're a multimillionaire yep. 20 years later. And these people just strip mined the country. I mean, it's it's responsible for a lot of the uh, housing markets, yep. uh, spikes, whatever. I'm, I'm getting political about this. And I don't know enough to actually speak about specifics. I used to know more, but I've forgotten a lot of it. The boomers suck. They suck. Not yep. all of them, but a lot of them suck, and we're feeling the pain of their selfishness now. Yes. Our generation, and the generation below us as well. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be even worse. I mean, we're the, the, it's what is it? The first generation that's going to be poorer than their parents because their yeah. parents are fucking boomers, yeah. and they didn't. They barely had to do anything. You you raise a family of four over yeah. one roof as a, as a mailman. Yeah, and, so and they're talking about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Yes, and there, well, there's a and lot I mean, going on here. Yeah, and there's and listen, there's there is. Uh, they also a, complain incessantly about everything well because it's the what do they say the mean generation oh they're very much the mean generation. and that's what the 60s was in a lot of ways it's a very narcissistic self uh navel gazing yes. self-directed generation they've, they've had the most political power as a as a voting block uh since reagan's first uh oh that's true like statistically yes and that means they had a lot of power before that right yeah. so we're talking about a block of people who ran this country for uh, 50 probably years at least 42 and all i hear from them is how the country's gone to shit yeah <laughs> well maybe because you caused it to no you helped shit. it you helped it along very much so they don't like politicians but they vote for the same politicians yeah they don't like celebrities but they vote for them to be to go into congress and other things they don't like how the country is going but they're the ones who fucking did it right so no they're the worst and i Again, the whole put yourself, pull yourself by your booster. Obviously, there's oh, a message to be said about working hard and taking agency and whatever else. Sure. But I don't want to fear, fucking hear it from the boomers, dude. I don't want to hear it from the boomers. No. From the U.S. I'm sorry. Don't no. want to hear it. They're terrible. And that's why this movie sucks because it is propaganda for them to make them feel better yeah. about themselves. And then we get more pop culture stuff. See the landing on the moon, which I'm shocked Forrest didn't have anything to do with considering yeah, how this I know. movie went yeah, yeah i thought he would have been like the first nasa astronaut that they put into a like a spaceship to yeah. test you know what yeah. i mean like the only idiot that would be willing to risk his life for that like they, he's they, like the, that probably ended up on the cutting he's like the Ru- he's like the russian dog you know, yeah he, yeah <laughs> exactly before john the glenn went up there he yeah went up there. yeah yeah um we find out forrest is the best ping pong player in america he is used for nixon's opening of china like we said pay, he gets paid twenty five thousand dollars to sponsored by a racket which That's is a, a lot ton of money. of money yep in 1970 then. something 75 ping- 76 yeah, sponsor money for ping pong yeah it's a lot of money That's a lot of money dude well we had to give him a reason to get the boat yeah exactly um he's on the dick cavett show where we get imagine jokes from john lennon and dick yeah. cavett which was very cringy to me that's 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 fun boomer humor right there. Yep. And then Lieutenant Dan is with him on New Year's Eve. He they wound up running into each other after the Dick Cavett taping. Yeah. Well, it's implied that Lieutenant Dan was waiting for him. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. He's waiting to to tell him off for that. Yeah. You're a fucking. Like moron. he saw him on TV I'm, I'm at the bar and was like, "I know where that show films. I'm gonna go wait in the back." Yeah. Yeah. And he winds up. They do more pop culture references with Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. Because not which only is, it's film references. It's different than pop culture. A lot of people. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Everyone. That knows generation it. would know. Yeah. Yeah. He, they even do the "I'm Walking Here," which you I'm see coming. Here. You like? I just. He's got the Nilsson soundtrack. Yeah. I everything, dude. It's it's there. Um, then they reference a film reference. They've referenced the apartment. Because it's New Year's Eve. Yes. And the funfetti is just hanging on Lieutenant Dan because Lieutenant Dan's miserable with his existence, <laughs> yeah. which I empathize with, to be I mean, honest. he is Tom Cruise and born on the 4th of July. Yeah. that's what, you know. He's living in a hotel. Happens. He hates his life. He brings in hookers. He's going to fuck one of them. He's hoping Forrest fucks the other one. Right. Forrest doesn't do it because she tastes like cigarettes and shoves her off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wanted to talk about this, too. <laughs> Where Lieutenant Dan 
you know, Gary yells, Sinise is in good shape, by the way. I was watching. I was yeah, like, he's yeah, in he good is. shape. But like, he yells at them, and then they make fun of him for being crippled and shit. Yes. And Forrest and Lieutenant Dan are in the wrong. Yeah. Totally like, in the wrong. You're, and she's like, what, are you stupid or something? Yeah, yeah, you're stupid. Yeah. She's kissing you, so instead of being like, ew, please get off me, he shoves her off him because she tasted off. like cigarettes. Pretty violent. And they don't even say, oh, hey, you fucking idiot or you fucking retard or whatever. They go, yeah. what, are you stupid or something? Yeah. And the lieutenant then goes, what'd you say? Yeah. Don't call him stupid. Even though you fucking call him stupid every 10 seconds, you literally, like, that's your nickname for him is stupid. Yeah. And but he can call him stupid. Yeah, he no can one call else him. can. Because. Exactly. Because then he real, I'm guessing he realizes. Listen, don't call the man stupid. He saved my life. Right. Uh, of course. Yes. But yeah. He cares, and it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a scene where we're supposed to see. I think that Lieutenant Dan sticks up for him one and two. Lieutenant Dan actually does care about him. Yes. Right. But yes. he's like, you know, I didn't want to be called. You know, Lieutenant Dan doesn't be called crippled. Just like I don't want to be called stupid. Yes. It's like, well, Lieutenant Dan's crippled, and you're stupid. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I get. Listen, you don't want to call a guy crippled. You don't want to call a guy stupid, but you know, yeah. Lieutenant Dan was a jerk off yep. to them, and they wanted to hurt him, so they were like, "Oh, you fucking cripple!" Because he fell yeah. out of the and wheelchair they and they left. Think, right? Yeah, they call him a freak. Freak, you know, so, a few so, other things. So then they leave. Um, that's when Lieutenant you know, Dan. Makes but you made them feel like shit first. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, uh, Lieutenant. And he Dan... kind of attacks her. Yeah. He like lunges at her. Yes, he does. Physically, they it's both like, shove. And these them. are two hookers that, uh, you know, who were actually kind of nice to them. Yeah, they, they were acting nice, and also they probably have to deal with disgusting men all the time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, fuck, another another situation where this disgusting man is trying to assault me because yeah. I, because this guy shoved me off him. Yeah. And, we, you know, we were upset about it. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. So, you know, I'm on the hooker side in that scene. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. They try to villainize him, but yeah, they're kind of in the right. Yeah. Um, Dan tells Forrest that, you know, it, he— the plan for the shrimp boat comes up and Dan says, I'll be your first mate if you ever actually do this. Yeah, because he, he he's, thinks it's such a joke and it's ridiculous that he would be a shrimp boat captain, which is the he's, correct he's prediction. right. He is right. It's the correct prediction, but yep. you didn't know you were in a movie, buddy. Nope. That's nope. If you did. Yep. Um, it's a feel-good story you're in. You don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gump meets Nixon um, <laughs> because, because he opened up China. Yeah. And uh, that's when we find out that Gump was actually the reason why Watergate got Watergate exposed. Happened, yeah. And of course he did that. That's just that's right on point for this movie. Yeah. Uh, he is the reason for Watergate. Yeah, Nixon resigns, which I like. I, that's okay. Yeah. yeah, because that's the film, right? Forrest Gump is. I mean that that's an example of Forrest Gump being woven kind of uh, secretly throughout history. You know what I mean? It's subtly he's subtly woven without without anyone really realizing it mm -hmm. as opposed to all the other moments that are so overt that this guy would be world famous yeah you know yeah so um so he winds up going home he gets the sponsorship from his mom his mom mm -hmm. is the reason why he does it uh he, buy, he buys he lies to him again yeah she lies but she's well, right on this to be yeah, honest. yeah. she's I like you know you that. could you know but, uh, she doesn't lie to him but she's like you know it's okay to whatever it's not it's not the best way to it's because yeah. she she says it to him again she's very patronizing and, and condescending in the way which she speaks. She's speaking to him like she's speaking to a five-year-old. Like, little Forrest, wouldn't it be nice to just pretend? Yeah. Come on, Forrest, we'd get that money. Instead of being like trying to talk to him like an adult, like Forrest, just fucking say you like the racket. Yeah, just, a lot of just money, take Forrest. a picture. You know, with a talk to him like a, she still speaks to him like a child. And it's the worst picture, too. He has his eyes closed. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's just supposed, you know a little gag. It's yeah. just funny. Um, he winds up buying a boat. He calls it Jenny. Of course he does. 
he can't shrimp for shit, which no shit. I'm not yeah. shocked by any of this. Um, the boat is dilapidated. Uh, we find that Jenny is now at a disco. I guess she's not homeless anymore. Doing lines of coke. Yeah. Well, she could still be homeless. She's just probably hitched up with guys and. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're right. You know. Uh, she's yeah. high on. She gets. She winds up then getting high on heroin. Thinks about killing yeah. herself to Freebird. And then gets scared and gets comes down. Yeah. Um. And we and we feel bad for. Her. <coughs> oh yeah, it's a sad scene. It's very sad. Yeah. Um. And it's hard. She's had a hard life. And then we get to one of the worst edits I've ever seen in my life. And this has to actually be talked about because it's about <coughs> the form. Uh, so, Forrest sees Lieutenant Dan on the dock, right? So, he's he's on his boat. <laughs> he sees Lieutenant Dan. He, I don't. I think I know what you're going to say. I don't think this is a bad edit. I think this is very intentional. It's, it's terrible. Um, it's, it's, we get the gif of I'm Forrest gonna... waving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The famous gif now. He jumps off the boat. Instinctively, like a moron. Yes, to to say the boat is think. the boat is going right. It's yeah. heading in the right right I direction. I don't think this is an edit mistake, Chris. I know. I know. We'll keep going. Either so. way, it's terrible. It's going right, and he go. Then he winds up on the dock. He's talking to Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan's like, "You fucking wrote me, you moron." Right. You know, you told me this is what you're doing, and I promised you I will be your first mate. So good on him. So he's doing what he's uh, as they're talking. The boat is now heading left. <laughs> it crashes into the dock. It crashes into another dock. Yeah, in the background. I don't think that's an editing mistake. I think because when we see from the perspective of where the boat is from Lieutenant Dan's vantage point, it's going right. But it could have been, you know, if you just picture it, uh, the steering wheel. It could have been maybe slightly arcing left. And you don't know, and then it comes around and hits the dock. That's how I took how it. How big is this bay? I don't know. Where in listen, I don't know shit about boats. We're I'm in, a city boy. We're in Cowpoke, Louisiana. Yeah, I don't know. You could be. I just listen. I, I'll say this: if there is a mistake, the mistake is assuming that that would be physically possible. I don't think it's an editing mistake. I think that was very intentional because I, I think it. it's for that exact idea you're saying, where it's going right. Once we see him, we're no yeah. longer going to see the boat, but somehow the boat ended up behind him and we get to see it crash in the dock. I think yes. that's the gag. Yeah. It's a, yeah so it's I don't gag. think that's an editing mistake. It's I'll a just gag. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a terrible gag. But I think part of the gag is that. Edit. I think part of the gag is, I could be wrong. But How about we just don't do it? Yes, correct. But part of the <laughs> gag is that, oh, it's it's going right. And there's a little twist. Yeah. Twist is, uh, it came back around. Isn't that funny? You're very nice. Um, yeah. Force. Listen, that could still be, that's still a criticism. Yeah, that it doesn't really make sense, but uh, I actually liked. I did. I did find it funny. For, <laughs> I did like the gag. Force and Lieutenant Dan can't shrimp. Yeah, they go to he goes to church. Uh, Force goes to church every day. Every every Sunday, praying at the Black Baptist Church. Lieutenant Dan is uh, uh, hates God. Yes, essentially, he, he hates God. Does not believe in God or hates him. Yeah, we don't know really. Well, no, no, no. Well, he he does. He does hate him because he says uh, he he try, some man says God loves you. Remember they're they're in oh, the yeah. hotel room. Gonna walk, I'm gonna walk in heaven. Yeah, I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk. And if yeah. you believe that shit, he's like you're fu- this fucking God. Whatever. Well, so Lieutenant he hates Dan, God. you don't have no legs. Yeah. Uh, so God then sends the destructive hurricane to wipe everyone else's right. livelihood away. They become the Bubba Gump Shrimp and Corporation because it, of the success right. afterwards. And it is interesting, that scene, because Lieutenant Dan is basically almost cursing God in that scene. Oh, yeah. He says, me and you. Me and you, me and you. And yep. 
I don't know how to read like afterwards you could read it I feel like of Lieutenant Dan is taking on this hateful god and defeats him but then at the same time uh, I don't know because it's it does seem like god is ultimately on his side and Lieutenant Dan just doesn't recognize that yet yeah I don't know uh, yeah. You could see it both ways, as if the, the, you know. Uh, maybe I'm reading a bit, a little, a little bit of uh, nihilism into that. But yeah, that's uh, something to keep in mind too. It's interest. I, I just found it interesting how how Lieutenant Dan was uh, responding in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it was also a death wish. Like also, Lieutenant Dan's like, "Come and get me." There like, he, been, he, he was ready yeah. to die. Yeah, and uh, instead, God is you know the, thematically God is saying, "No, no, no." You, yeah, I'm I'm here to help you. And then that's when we get afterwards when they're successful, Lieutenant Dan jumps into the ocean and before he does that you know he says force i never thank thanked you he still doesn't thank him but that's his way yeah. of saying like, thank you thank for saving you. my life and that's Correct. it's really the end of lieutenant dan's arc there yeah and we get we he comes back later but that's almost like an epilogue to his arc he, that's he's a coda. continue that yeah. yeah exactly yeah um and that's a really nice payoff actually like yeah. it's it, it's it's that arc again from i want to die to thank you for saving my life because now i my life is affirmed and yeah. uh i did want to survive and i, I you know correct um you gave me a, a new uh, a, a renewed purpose essentially yep um as their successful force finds out that his mom is sick just dives off the boat and runs home Such a fucking idiot. and you know that's when his mom says she's dying of cancer and then she says you know you make make your own destiny and you do the best with what god gives you and you know all this but also uh, life is a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get mom's still on her fucking deathbed is contradicting herself yep yep and uh you know so she passes and that's when that's another that's the second time when he says and that's all i have to say about that because it bothers him yeah that's interesting i didn't yeah it's a great point um forest now do you say because he doesn't want to or just he he's he just doesn't know how so all his only response it could be both i don't yeah. you know you can view it many different ways it affects him so much he just doesn't want to talk about it yeah i he i just don't it it's almost like his yeah i could see it i see it more as like his brain he literally doesn't know how to process it yeah he doesn't okay. have the capability to process it so he's no choice but the shit like it's just his brain is like shuts down so he has to he has to be he has to be active in some other way he has to externalize it in some way yeah um so lieutenant dan takes a lot of the money that they made from Bubba Gump Shrimp that's wildly successful mm-hmm. and he invests it into Apple. They become yeah. a gazillionaire. Gazillionaire. Also, he gives half of it. Yeah, this is what I want to talk about. To... Uh, Forrest Gump, dumb as he may be, knows trickle-down economics is a fallacy and is, and is uh, <laughs> Wait, not right. Explain this one. Explain this one. Listen, because you would think his riches would trickle down to Bubba's family. <laughs> They're not going to become rich. How dare you say that? <laughs> yeah. This is America, sir. No, no, no. They're business owners now. That's the difference. That's the American dream, is the entrepreneurial business owner that didn't have to do shit for their money. Trickle-down is, is fake. It's bullshit. Sure, but the, but the thing about trickle-down would be, oh, he's going to give them jobs and he's going to create work for them. That would be the trickle-down. No, he did, he did more. He, he... Well, he gave them a cut of the company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we also don't know. He made them stakeholders. Did he give them half? Did he give them half? He gave them half. Well, he so says... what does Lieutenant Dan get? Does he get half of... I'm, uh, no. I'm guessing he just works for me. No. Just gets a... No, 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 no. Lieutenant Dan's rich. <laughs> no, Lieutenant Dan's very rich. He's got the titanium legs from NASA. Right. That's what I'm saying. But no, he's. I mean, he probably gets it from Forrest's. Uh, I bet Forrest gives hit Lieutenant Dan half, unless he splits it three. I don't know. Either way, 
Forrest Gump is fucking filthy rich. He's probably one of the yes. richest people in America. <laughs> yeah. Which, you think so from a shrimp company? If you're going to, then he invested in Apple. He would have been, I mean, he would have been one of the richest people in America by like, what, 1999? Knowing Forrest's life. Even he, then, no, no, even then, I when Max, oh, Apple, excuse me, when Apple's IPO came up, it was the highest IPO ever, initial posting ever. It beat, right. it beat Ford's. People became huge millionaires. Oh, overnight. they did. Okay. Yeah. So he, filthy rich. Right. They're okay. all fifth, filthy rich. Yeah. And that's when we get the cut where Bubba's mom is now being served by a white woman. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that, that, yeah. that would be less about Apple because also because of the success of the business itself. Yeah, of course. No, right. no. I, of the it, corporation. Just, you know, they reference that. And she, yeah. Now she finally gets, you know, she's not I mean, it's so, it's so big that the random man on the bench knows exactly who he is. Exactly what his company is. Yeah, so but, that's but he doesn't know who, who he is. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Nonsense. It's actually nonsense. Force also is a philanthropist, so he opens uh, hospital wards. He builds a church. church. Sure. You know, all the good stuff that uh, wealthy people should do. Yeah, and he is because he is a good, he, he's a kind-hearted soul. That yeah. is the thing about Force. Like, I don't I, I don't hate Force in this movie at all. But no. I, I, you know, I know I keep criticizing him. It's, it's just I'm criticizing the yeah. story itself. The character is... And you know, now becomes he's a good he's admirable one of the most important questions of the movie that I have mm-hmm. Jenny shows up why does jo- Jenny just randomly show up now are you saying because you think uh, she think she knows she's sick no this is before this is when she's gonna have sex with him why did she just show up for that I she, don't know. she didn't you... show up obviously to have sex with him. she showed up she just showed up there was no so this I it just happened. So this I do read it as like sort of the selfishness of Jenny, where she has nowhere else to go, and she knows that's what uh, I think. And she knows Forrest. Maybe she found out he was See, really not. successful. I mean, not in a, not in a way where like I'm gonna take advantage of him. Yeah. But you know, I want to be. I want to go back home to my roots. I'm failing out here. If I don't, I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. And Forrest is her safe place, essentially. Yeah. You know. But it just but happens, it happens off screen for, for for a reason. I think that's yeah. fine. That she could add a whole journey before that. That are you saying that's a flaw in the film, I would or you would have liked to see something? I would like to have seen some motivation because it just comes across that she just shows up. Yeah, which she does. That's quite literally what happens. And you're right. There's all these montages in the film. You couldn't have some sort of montage that motivated her to come. We've uh, seen her leave abusive boyfriends. We've seen her almost commit suicide. Think about committing suicide. We've seen her do drugs. We've seen her do all right. these things. We don't see her saying, you know what. I need to go home and something. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. We don't. We don't get anything like that's that. That's true. Um, that's when we they uh, have their they rekindle their friendship. She sees her old house, throws you know her shoes and rocks at it, and it's a powerful scene that is then undercut by Forrest's narration of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't <sighs> fucking get it. Yeah, and she even literally says, how could you, when she's doing it. She verbalizes right. it. Um, Forrest asks Jenny to be his wife. She's, I, I think she's actually legitimately surprised by this and taken aback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he makes it known that he knows what love is, even yeah. though she, does, uh, she disagrees with him. And I think originally when you said that you agreed with her, I think I agree with that at that point, but I think – by this point of the movie, oh, no, how old I, he is, I think he doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. really no, love no, no. her. I, I agree. And no, I agree. And I, and even know. when she's like, "You don't know what love is," mm-hmm. I, I don't say. 
when I say that, I just think her, um, the subtext behind that line is correct, which basically what she's saying is when she first says it, where I'm like, she's right. It's, you don't understand a lot of things for us. Also yeah. at that point, he's like 20 years old. Yeah. You don't understand a lot of things. Yeah. Now he's like 30. And like you have 30. some, obviously he knows what love feels like. Yeah. But when he says, I love you in the way in which he wants to mean it, mm-hmm. I believe when Jenny says, you don't know what love is, like basically saying, you don't really understand what you're feeling right now. You don't understand what love entails yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. I think she's right. Yeah. But I also think Forrest is right when he says, I, I, I don't, I know what love is at this point. I may be a dumb man, but I know what yeah. love is. It's actually the smartest thing he says in, throughout the entire film. Yeah. It's the, yeah. it's, it's a poignant moment of uh, self-realization yep. that Forrest and self-awareness of Forrest does not show otherwise throughout yep. the entire movie. Oh, but for this also, uh, we get, we get the, uh, the nice uh, product placement shot of the Nike shoes. Oh, yeah. Shoes, oh, yeah. Which was, will come up was, in a minute. Well, he said it was the greatest uh, best present, gift. best gift he ever got. Best gift he ever got. Yeah. Um, Not very subtle. No. So she gets shamed when he says this, and she sneaks back into his bed. He still has not – he's still in the twin bed that he grew up in. <sighs> yeah. Um, and she sleeps with him, and then she winds up having sex with him. And uh, all I was thinking about is they – it's very difficult to have sex on a twin bed. It's – I was thinking it's terrible. What are the ethical implications of this? Well, that's going back to but I was just thinking beating also a dead horse that. about <laughs> who Forrest is and how Jenny understands him to be. Yeah. And Jenny knows, but and it also shows that maybe the only way she knows how to convey love is by sleeping with someone. That's true too. Uh, and also at this point, you got to assume Forrest is a virgin. Yes. So is this the first and only time Forrest has ever had sex? At this point in his life, I'm going to have to guess so, yes. But then he doesn't see her again, and then she... Uh, yeah, that's true. And then they get back together. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there's uh, that is a uh, morally, ethically problematic scene yep. in the context of Forrest's mental capabilities. Yep, and then she runs away the next morning. And she leaves the next morning. And which that, is, is not, that is not gone over at all i actually have a problem with this movie about that so that's the worst the worst thing jenny does it just it just happens yeah well i i think we're supposed to read it as jenny sleeps with forest realizes that not only does he love her she loves him yeah maybe even wants to marry him yeah and is just so used to uh, pain and abuse that things like that repel her which does make sense but i'm reading a lot into that right yeah um but at the end of the day she is an adult at this point yeah she's come a long way she should i, I don't I, I don't excuse this this is the most fucked the this most the fucked up thing. things yeah. that jenny does is the very end of the film yeah where she so she has sex with him mm-hmm. he goes running for three years straight yep to a kick-ass soundtrack yeah. again and we see yeah. all the geographic Becomes, pointers of america and he's he has historical significant events again he yeah. he he yeah. generate he spawns shit the happens. shit happens bumper sticker he spawns the famous smiley face have a nice day have yeah. a nice day yep. um all the while jenny seems to be on uh the straight and narrow as a waitress yep and he's wearing but, her, and he's wearing her her nike shoes yes uh for all three years yes but what happened to jenny she sleeps with him gets pregnant Mm -hmm. has the kid yep and for well the kid is 
in school. So he's at least four at this point, like yeah. four or five years old. That's why it get. That's why this timeline gets weird. Yeah, but that's six years. Six mm-hmm. years where she doesn't fucking talk to Forrest and tell him they have a kid together. That is the most fucked up thing she does in the film, and that mm-hmm. to me is unforgivable. And that is, if you took. If you took that away and you had everything else that Jenny did and the way she treated him and talked to him, I mm. I wouldn't the criticisms of the people give Jenny, I uh I wouldn't be on team anti Jenny. Mm-hmm. It's this where I'm like, Oh, that's pretty heinous. That's pretty horrible. And they don't even do opinion. a good job of like going into why. That's well the, that's what makes it the wor- the yeah, worst. There's no there's why. no why. She just wants to run away. She just does she doesn't it. want to tell him. Yeah. Um I think sort of what the film is trying to show too is that while she was while she had the kid and was raising him Forrest was running so she couldn't meet him but that's if he's always I, on I'm the news I'm making shit up yeah he's, he's on always the news. on the news yeah it's bullshit and you're finding um, out where he kind of so, is yeah so it's just wrong yeah. it's just wrong and also what the, the film seems to be suggesting as well is that what's the reason she finally tells Forrest that they have a kid together yeah it's because she's dying it's because she's dying so if you weren't dying, were you ever going to tell him? Because that seems to be what motivated you to go tell him. And we're not going to call it AIDS because of the timeline and all these things. Really. Well, also, I think I think also there to your point of it being so early, it's I think they're making it so that's so early. They don't even have a name for it yet because she goes, I have a, I have a virus and they don't know what it that's is. That's a part of that. Yes. And but I also think. They also, she's clean, right? Like you said, she's on the straight and narrow. So that means she's not doing drugs. So she couldn't have gotten HIV from drug use. Yeah, I mean. So did she get through fucking another guy? Well, that's it's the not thing. Clear. It's not clear. It's just so she unless she it. had it, she, she. This is her punishment. She couldn't have had it for seven years. There's, there's no way at that point in time. There's no way she had it for seven years, like before she went with no. Forrest or after. So she did. She get it after she had the kid. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's I guess so. I guess, which would make sense. Yeah. So maybe she was still fucked up. She left, and then maybe when she found out she see, I was took dying, it though, when she went to Greenbow to visit him, she got her life together. Like that's what that's that's that's, that's what the story it. seems to be telling. So I don't think. She but did when does the AIDS like that. thing happen? That's that's. It couldn't have happened during her crazy year. She'd be dead. She'd be withered away. Yeah. So so it happened after she left. So she so, probably had sex with a guy whatever. and got it. We're probably giving more thought than the. The writers did. They're probably like whatever. Eric we'll figure it out. I don't know. You know how like last week you said it was uh, empowered, imbued by the power of bullshit. Well, Eric yeah. Roth imbues a lot of bullshit in this mm-hmm. uh, movie. Um, so yeah, so she tells him after his running, and he finally just stops because I I guess he finally just got over all of his hurt. Sure. Um, shows that uh, he has a kid, Forrest Junior, who's Haley Joel Osment, and. <laughs> Uh, they watch Sesame Street together. He's taken a bit. This, I think this is actually one of the best scenes of acting from Tom Hanks is how he takes that he has a son. Oh, yeah. It's a great scene. He's really good in it. I yeah, believe yeah. him in this. And it's done very well. And, you know, you know, she just tells him, hey, like, you got a kid. Whatever. Next scene, they're watching him swinging. Forrest, would you still want to marry me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, he, he goes, okay. Okay. Oh. Which I kind of like that answer. And, you know, and she tells him uh, before that, it's because, well, you know, I'm dying. Yeah. Like you said. Just going to move on. Whatever. I'll give you what you want finally at the end of my goddamn life. Yep. So she's dying. And uh, she's still the flower child in the uh, in the wedding. She's got the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. We see Lieutenant Dan, who 
uh, like I said, he's earned his arc. He is happy. He's got an Asian uh, mm-hmm. fiance. He's got his legs. You see the moment where they're just like smiling and looking each other's eyes. It's right. it's it's done well. Um, then we cut to uh, Jenny's essentially in the same position as his mom. They die in the same way. They're in that room. Yeah, yeah that's true. They're propped up against the pillows. And uh, and I actually do think it's a nice scene where she's asking about Vietnam. Yeah. And he's uh, uh, he's very poetic in his words, which oh yeah, and it's a probably it's also the best shot stuff in the yeah. whole movie. How right. we see him throughout, you know, traveling the world, and she says, "I wish I really was with you during that whole time." And he says, "You were very poetically." Yeah, it's a very nice were. scene. Now he does say, "I was scared. I would have liked to have seen that because yeah. I get this. I get the." Uh, the uh, sense that Forrest isn't scared once throughout this entire film. Yeah. Aside from when his people he loves are in danger. That's it. Yeah. That would be the only time. But scared for himself, I get no sense of that whatsoever. So I agree. That scene in a vacuum is really great. But I'm like, were you really scared in Vietnam? I didn't get that at all. But yeah. it's a very nice poetic scene, and it's poetic in a way. It's very. Um, it's. It, it, it's humble poetry do you know what i mean like yeah. it's it, 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 it's what i mean good. by that is like i can buy that forrest would speak this way Correct. you know what i mean yes um and yeah i do love that moment i mean there are yeah. there are moments in this film where where i do get emotional they do a good job of that yeah and then they cut to how he's he's now it's framing where he's telling her the story and she's dead and he's at her grave yeah and we get another good scene of tom hanks acting he's good in the scene yeah we might disagree with what the movie is trying to say but he's still good well, at Well, this is what I mean it. when it's a well-made film. He's well good at acted, well yeah. well at, well edited for the most part, yeah. well shot, and and well written in terms of the story that they're telling. It's just I you know, I don't like yeah, the message behind it. There's a lot of the subtext behind it. Yeah. And then, you know, and then he says, you know, Forrest Jr's doing well. He's become he's a good father. He's getting along with his son. Yeah. Sends off his son to school. It's going to be the same school bus driver, which I thought was all right. Yeah. Then we get the fucking le- uh, feather. Well, to, to to give context to the feather, right? Mm-hmm. While Forrest is talking to the gravestone, again, I said this at the beginning of the podcast, where mm-hmm. he's like, you know, uh, he's basically going through the argument that the film is making, the, the tension mm-hmm. between the two uh, philosophies of life yeah. about whether well are we floating accidental like or <laughs> is you know where things literally just happen by accident which is to say life is random and nihilistic you know mm-hmm. at bottom um because things just happen there's no such thing as destiny mm-hmm. or do we have a destiny that we fulfill yeah which again in either of those scenarios i guess um y- you could argue that it's not an argument of free will i i don't know but i i feel like we talk about fulfilling a destiny you have your agency yeah. there's a certain agency in that you have that you can fulfill a destiny that seems to be what the film is saying yeah and force is like saying well it's a little bit of both uh, and i just feel like there's a bullshit cop out and it's yeah. a great it's another uh yeah indication of the it, it's just an example of artistic cowardice on the part of the filmmakers just mm-hmm. make a choice but then i think visually they do and they make a, the, the bad choice of this is no we are just this is all accidental like we are just uh floating like wind on a feather on a breeze i think he says something yeah. on a breeze because uh, you literally see the feather on the breeze again yeah and can we talk about how he's looking like when he's sitting down again as the feather leaves right at to end the movie uh-huh. tom hanks has this weird face 
and it's just like blankly staring to the side not looking at anything and i couldn't yeah. stop laughing watching it because i'm like this is just the weirdest thing i've ever seen in my life he looks like a statue you can't see me because this is an audio but he's looking like this right to the side and he just holds it and i'm like this is an awkward way to end a movie i gotta watch that again i didn't notice that rewatch it it is bizarre and then you know you just see the feather floating and then we cut the credits yeah so yeah that's forrest gump that's forrest gump there's probably a lot of people that will disagree with us i don't care about that but um this movie sucks it's a it's a it's a dumb film yeah with a terrible message and i used That's to love it as a kid and i've seen it many times as a kid it was on tnt I, a lot i will say it still entertains me it was an easy watch very it, it moved very quickly for a two hour and 20 minute movie i'll say that much yeah. i'll give it that um what's your score for this uh movie listen man it's a it's a well-made film this is this is gonna i hate the message behind it i hate uh many of the gags that uh ultimately uh, fuck what am i trying to say i hate many of the gags that ultimately create the characterization of forest as mm -hmm. clearly a mentally handicapped person mm -hmm. who only takes things literally yep. which makes a lot of the scenes and interactions and relationships that he has in this film disturbing mm -hmm. and uh they make a joke of a lot of things that aren't funny. Yep. I think there's a pretty nihilistic message behind it. Um, I think it's a little death cultish. I don't think it's a life-affirming movie. Yeah. Um, it tries to be at times, but at bottom, I think it's an amoral film mm -hmm. with a pretty shitty message. Mm -hmm. But it's well-made. It's well-acted. It's well-structured. The effects that were novel at the time are overall... Yep very good especially in the context of the year yep um for the most part i felt well edited there is a great soundtrack it's cliche it's you know I lazy um there's a lot of heavy homage yeah you know which uh, i won't say is plagiarizing because they're obvious in their references but it's that's also lazy mm -hmm. but i do have to give this i i in terms of being a well-made film, I, I got to give it a positive score. I do think I, I'm not going to say this is a bad film. It's mm -hmm. a well-made film, so I'm going to give it a uh, 71. Oh, very nice of you. I think that that's I think the Rotten Tomato score for this movie is actually like that 71, 72, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I'll give it a 71. Okay, solid. 70 percent, like 70 out of 100. Okay, 71 out of 100. You know. Okay. All right. What are you giving it? Uh, 36. <laughs> You're cutting it in half, huh? I, I actually really, yeah. I hate this movie. I hate everything. I hate a lot about it, actually. Yeah, but I do. It was I angering me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're I saying. I had a I had a visceral reaction watching this movie, and I think it's because there's a few reasons for it that I just will not go into because it might offend people who listen to this. But uh, I fucking hated it. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm judging it in a, mm -hmm. I'm judging it in. A, in the context of craftsmanship, maybe that's wrong, but that's I'm, how I'm, I'm seeing giving, it. I'm giving a 36 because of the craftsmanship and because oh, of, you are, and because oh, of wow, Gary we just, Sinise. We just totally, totally disagree on that. I just think that's fine. I think Gary okay. Sinise is good, and I think the movie's all right. Uh, yeah, I just think a lot of the things behind it, story-wise, are terrible. Right. And, yeah. Now, as a little bonus at the end, yeah. uh, I don't know. If, uh, did I say this in the podcast? I think I. Uh, 
No, I think it was outside the podcast where I want to talk about the real life Forrest Gump Go quick. Yeah. I'm going to read him off. His name is Timothy Dexter. So can't trust a man with two first names. Yeah, no, never. So I want to challenge uh, the argument that hasn't been made on this podcast. Okay. But I've, you know, because I've, I've had this uh, thought too watching the movie when I was younger where a guy like Forrest would never get rich like he did with bubblegum shrimp like okay. it just wouldn't happen on accident like uh-huh. that because it does pretty much happen on accident yes but this guy and i didn't come up with this but there's a connection to this guy it was called the real life forrest gump of the 19th century okay if you google that you can't find him uh-huh. i was only able to find him because i couldn't remember his name but i remember he got rich selling like furs in the summer and i was able to find it but his name is timothy dexter okay he's an american businessman noted okay. for his writing is of an eccentricity okay <laughs> Okay. So at the end of the American Revolutionary War, he bought large amounts of depreciated continental currency that was worthless at the time. Okay. But by the end of the war, the government made good on its notes at 1% of face value, and it, it enabled him to amass a considerable profit. So he built two ships and began to export business to the West Indies. He was largely uneducated, and his business sense was considered peculiar. He was advised to send bed warmers used to heat beds in cold New England winters for resale in the West Indies, which is a tropical area. This advice was a deliberate ploy by rivals to bankrupt him. His ship's captain sold them as ladies to the local molasses industry and made a handsome profit. So then he sent wool mittens to the same place. Oh, my God. In the West Indies, where Asian merchants bought them to ex- for export to Siberia. Okay. Then... This guy, I mean, this is like worse than Forrest Gump already. He, and this is real life. People jokingly told him to ship coal to Newcastle. Okay. <laughs> Which is a slang, apparently. Like, it's not something you take seriously. Fortuitously, he did it during a Newcastle miners' strike, and his cargo was sold at a premium. On another occasion, practical jokers told him he could make money by shipping gloves to the South Sea Islands. His ships arrived there in time to sell the gloves to Portuguese boats on their way to China. Okay. He exported Bibles to the West Indies and stray cats to the Caribbean islands and again made a profit. Eastern missionaries were in need of the Bibles, and the Caribbean welcomed a solution to rat infestation. <laughs> he also hoarded whale bones by mistake, but ended up selling them profitably as corsets. <laughs> as, as part of corsets. I guess they make them with whale bones. While subject to ridicule... Dexter's boasting makes it clear that he understood the value of corning the market of goods that others did not see as valuable and the utility of acting the fool. I don't believe that. I think he was actually just got lucky in a lot of these things. <laughs> Step uh, now, this guy, people recognize that he was a buffoon, I guess, and at least educated in um, low class or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, in elitist sense, uh, New England high society snubbed him. Mm-hmm. He bought a large house in Newburyport from Nathaniel Tracy, a local socialite, and tried to emulate him. So he decorated his house with a golden eagle atop of a cupola, a mausoleum for a sense for for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what a cupola is. It's like a dome. Um, okay. A garden of forty wooden statues of famous men, including George Washington, Napoleon Bonaparte, Thomas Jefferson, William Pitt, and himself. Oh. The last had the inscription, "I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world." So this guy also isn't kind-hearted. He's like sort of the anti-force guy. He's not a good guy, and this is why. Despite his good fortune, his relationship with his family suffered. He frequently told visitors that his wife, who was actually alive, had died. And that the woman who frequented the building was simply her ghost. So this guy's an idiot, right? 
In one notable episode, Dexter faked his own death to see how people would react, and about 3,000 people attended Dexter's mock wake. When Dexter did not see his wife cry, he revealed the hoax and promptly caned her for not sufficiently mourning his death. Oh my god, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. And also at age 50, he authored a book called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones, which he complained about politicians, the clergy, and his wife. <laughs> the book contains 8,847 words, 33,864 letters, but without any punctuation. And with unorthodox spelling and capitalization, which is oh, to say he didn't know how to spell. Yeah, so he's, he's beating Virginia Woolf to the punch. Yeah, and okay. he, so he's an example of him writing terribly. And apparently it actually sold well. He self-published. I mean, this guy was a fucking pioneer, dude. Uh, and he initially distributed it for free, but it became popular and was reprinted eight times. Oh, my God. In the second edition of the book, Dexter responded to complaints about the book's lack of punctuation by adding an extra page of 11 lines of punctuation marks <laughs> with the instruction that printers and readers can insert them whenever needed. Or in his words, they may pepper and salt it as they please. And he spelled pepper, salt, and please all wrong. And they. This so, is like the original internet troll. Yeah, well, this guy, I'm telling you, he's the bizarro 19th century Forrest Gump. <laughs> so that's Timothy Dexter. If you didn't hear it the first time, I looked him up. So I just wanted to mention that because I thought of him when I was watching the film. And that's I, interesting. I went to find him. Timothy Dexter. Wow. Lived to be 59, entrepreneur, uncommon, known for uncommon good fortune and eccentricity. <laughs> Wikipedia. And he's married his wife so life. From 23 till his death. And he hated her. That's fucking funny. Um, okay, well, that's uh, ending <laughs> to already a, another long podcast. That's we okay. Are, that's right. That's um, just, just, just what it is. Yeah. Uh, you can find uh, any more. Oh. Any more. Uh, sorry. Uh, yep. In terms of our viewers, we always want to shout out to them. So we, we got Italy now. We got the DR. We got the Netherlands. Have you looked up any more other countries that we could shout out I to? I haven't yet? seen anything else. Well, we have more female listeners. Okay. Percentage, Good. percentage went up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Was just... We're not just Hello, a, ladies. Yeah, we're just not a sausage party anymore. That's That's nice. great. It's about 45%. Awesome. Um, I'd be interested to know what, what the uh, ratio is on men and women who listen to podcasts in general. Yeah. Um, I, we should be on Apple. Uh, I got the I, I got the email. Yeah, I mean they've been a pain in the ass. So, so just for people out there who want to start your own podcast, Chris has had to go back and forth with Apple over email, and they are quite stringent on their uh, yeah bureaucratic red tape and stipulations yeah. and criteria for getting your shit up there. Yeah, it's much quicker to get on Spotify. So if a you're lot. listening it's right now, day. it's yeah, it's nine day. almost certain that you're on Spotify. Yeah, but hopefully we are. On, I'd rather be on Apple now. Well, obviously in both, but like yeah, I, I use just, both to just, listen to it. Apple is just would be better for us, just the audience wise, to be honest. Because they have the search bar and it's really easy. If you just there's a search bar on Spotify too. No, I though. know, but if if you were if I'm just I'm well, it's a podcast example. app. Yeah, 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 go for if it. If I write for this title, I'm gonna put Forrest Gump right in the title of this. When if you search Forrest Gump, we're gonna come up as a podcast, you know, pretty much up front, like on the oh social. on the podcast so app. So it should be easier for us to have a bigger sure. audience on Apple, which okay. is what I'm looking for. But if you are listening on Spotify, continue to do that because I, I oh, use yeah. it too. Spotify yeah. is great. Please listen to both. Um, but uh, okay, great. Uh, what's our email again? Flicky podcast at gmail.com yeah and also uh we do like to hear uh flicky podcast at gmail.com we mm -hmm. would like to hear suggestions yes. comments criticisms what you like don't like we've already had our friends uh tell us a thing or two 
So I, I do like hearing that stuff, and I know Chris does too. Yep. And uh, we do read the emails because we're not a media sensation just yet. Yes. So we don't need assistance, and we don't, you know. Yep. We are uh, gaining popularity, possibly, ex- maybe not exponentially at this point. Now it's incrementally because we went from like one to under fifty really quick. That was exponential. Now it, yeah. now we're uh, we're climbing up there. We're hope- hopefully world domination, like painting the brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Will happen overnight. Uh, next movie um, yeah so for, you can find Forrest Gump right now on Amazon right. Prime it's also on another app is it keep, keep talking though okay so it's it. on Amazon uh, so if you want to watch this uh, shitty movie you can find it on Amazon and uh, yes no 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 keep oh. going the next movie we'll, we will be doing is The Batman the right. new Batman the new Batman with Robert Pattinson um, it's so, also on Paramount Plus Paramount Plus okay that makes sense because it's a Paramount movie mm-hmm. um, so uh, really for the next few weeks uh, we're going to be doing movies that are nominated for best picture or have one best picture but the Batman is new it's on HBO Max it just got released uh, Monday I think uh, we saw it in the movie theater I've seen it again a couple times actually on you HBO have? Max how many times have you seen it now? I'd rather not say. Oh, God. Okay. Enough times to write notes. Um, You've dedicated 21 hours to the Batman, haven't you? Not that much. No, I have I have a job 15? and all that stuff. And doing 15 this. hours. 15 um, hours to the Batman. 12. Okay, four times. Four times. I've seen it four times. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Batman will be uh, different from the other movies going forward for the next few weeks. But that's because it's new and we still want it to be current. Um and yeah so that will be next episode yeah awesome you're gonna have forward to a three-hour batman movie yeah well i mean uh, is this gonna be a nine-hour podcast maybe this this will be a marathon podcast this is gonna be fun no depends I, how it goes I, I i don't know we gotta figure that out um i i think we should not be spoiler like in that so you want to treat it okay yeah because i i that'll be a nice challenge that'd be good for the viewers yeah we we'll should make talk it. about it more generally yeah okay good um, idea so yeah that, that'll be next week uh, you can find the Batman on HBO Max if you want to watch it before you listen to this podcast mm-hmm. uh, which by the way HBO Max best deal in streaming in my opinion yeah um, any parting words nope that's everything um, if you haven't seen Forrest Gump I do recommend you see it I bet uh, most people are gonna like it oh, but oh. I, I hope you if you do listen to this and watch it and haven't seen it before, you notice the subtext we're saying. Maybe you disagree. I, I wanted know. to say this. Forrest Gump beat these four movies for Best Picture. Quiz Show, Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. All those movies are better than Forrest Gump. All those movies are way better than Forrest Gump. It's actually not even close. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, that's that. Popularity, though. Correct. It does a trick. And it's a fucking American, man. American is after pie, that movie. Yes. All uh, right. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.